Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Evan Roberts. Tiki Barber. It's Evan and Tiki on WFAN, The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to a Thursday here on The Fan, but it's not any other Thursday. It's Anti-A-Rod Day. So throughout the show, sprinkled in every once in a while, you hear about some of the controversies that Alex Rodriguez was involved in with his many years in New York City. Of course, that's a precursor to A-Rod Day, which is tomorrow at 2 o'clock. We've got some of Alex Rodriguez's rivals that will be joining the show a little bit later today. And we have selected 13 different A-Rod controversies that we will sprinkle throughout the show. With that said, last night my wife wasn't feeling well. I took care of her. I took care of my kids. I watched a little basketball. And then I got stuck in a vortex that sort of got me angry. Um, and that vortex occurred on SNY. I was mm. watching SNY. I put on Mets Hot Stove. And I kept hearing something that started to slowly bother me. First, I heard Steve Gelbs, who I respect. I like right. Steve. Say about Pete Alonzo, well, we kind of knew they weren't going to extend him. And then I heard Jim Duquette say the exact same thing. My good friend Sal Licata even has said the same thing to me over and over again. And I don't care that you knew this wasn't going to happen. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, we don't sit around here just saying, well, this isn't going to happen, so why bother caring? Like, yeah, maybe a few months ago I made a prediction that this would get done, which has led to my beard because Pete was at a Ranger game. But just because Jim Duquette or Steve Gelbs or Sal Licata or any other Met fan says, gee, what are you surprised about? doesn't make me less angry. So that started to bother me. And then I started thinking back to the last time I got this angry about a non-contract extension. And that was right after the 2018 season when Jacob deGrom won his first Cy Young. Okay. And right here on this radio station, I would talk quite a bit about how they have to extend deGrom, extend deGrom, extend deGrom. And then my hero, who I have great respect for, came on the radio after weeks of me screaming about how they need to extend DeGrom, and said this. How dumb would the Mets be right now? The way this has unfolded, Mm -hmm. how dumb would the Mets be to give DeGrom a big contract right now? Think of it. Yeah, think of Mm -hmm. it. A month later, they did. A month later, the Mets extended DeGrom when my hero, Mike Francesa, said it would be stupid. When everyone else told me, shut up, stop it, It's not happening. And then it happened. 
So here's my point to you, Tiki Barber. I'm not predicting to you an extension's going to get done, mm-hmm. but I'm no longer going to be quiet. I'm no longer going to just accept, hey, little boy, shut your <laughs> mouth. He's not being extended. David Stern said it. Scott Boris may have hinted at it. No. I'm going to tell you why they're wrong. They were wrong in 2019. I love Mike. He was wrong that day mm-hmm. when he said that into a microphone. I love Sal. He's wrong when he says it would be stupid to extend him. Everybody on SNY who doesn't want to offer an opinion, you're wrong. You're all wrong. You've got to show guts if you're this franchise, and you have to make the smart gamble. And the smart gamble is to quit effing around, quit messing around, quit lowering expectations, and talk to Scott Boris and try to get a deal done because that's in the best interest of the New York Mets. So I'm no longer just going to accept, well, you should have known better. Mm -hmm. No, I have a microphone. We all have microphones. And damn well, I'm going to tell you how I feel. And I'm no longer going to accept my fate. And this has nothing to do with my beard. (laughs) Nothing, Tiki. See see this? Maybe a little bit to do with you. You see this razor? <laughs> I do. This razor that I keep in my pocket? Yes, but you gotta get the, you're going to have to trim it down a little bit before you can get to that razor, actually. That's a good point. <laughs> but Step I'm, away from the razor. Yes. But I'm telling right you now, right this now. This dangerous. This, has, this razor I'm holding in my hand <laughs> has nothing to do with what I'm saying. I dare you as a Met fan or as a non-Met fan, tell me when I'm telling lies about this. Can I this. rationalize with you Go for ahead. a brief moment? Rationalize all you want. Evan Bearded Roberts. Um, did you trust uh, Brody Van Wagenen? That's a loaded question, Tiki. I, I'm just asking a question. Did I trust him when? When he extended Jacob DeGrom or did, at a different just, time? Just in general. Did you trust him to lead your Mets franchise to the promised land, to do the right deals, to bring in the right folks, to make the right decisions that would help the Mets ultimately win a championship? I'm not talking about in hindsight after mm-hmm. he's gone in two years. I'm talking about in that moment, in 2019, yeah. did you trust Brody Van Wagenen. I was very open-minded to him, and so that I... sounds cr- like a no. Okay, the answer is no. The answer is no. So the guy who you didn't trust made maybe a, you know, a questionable decision because he knew nobody trusted him. And the way that you get people's trust is to sign the Mets' favored son. You re-sign Jacob DeGrom. It makes things work, right? It makes everybody happy, Right. Yeah, and, and maybe, he did, and, and and he maybe did that. you trust him. Now, yeah. let's ask another question. Um, do you trust David Stearns? Yeah. Why? Because of his track record in Milwaukee. Ah, his track record in Milwaukee, which means he's not going to foolishly spend money as he did in Milwaukee because he couldn't in Milwaukee because they were a small market team. And now, as the general manager of the New York Mets, mm-hmm. he's thinking smartly. He's, he's not wrong. getting ahead of himself. He's, he's wrong. He's not throwing caution to the wind or cash in the pockets no. of a Scott Boris client no. and Pete Alonzo. No. So he's playing it out. No. Why? Because you actually trust him. No. He's not Brody Van Wagenen, no. who was just trying to get in the favor of Met fans and maybe even the, uh, the, the ownership by making a popular decision. David Stearns is going to make the right decision. And so you should trust no. what his decision is. Here's why you're wrong, sir. Respectfully. I can trust somebody and disagree with them. I can do both things at the same time. 
I can trust David Stern's vision and then come on the radio and I'll give you all the reasons why I'm right and all of you are wrong if you don't agree that this team needs to be more aggressive in working out a long-term contract extension. And I'll lay it out for you. Please. Because I don't think it's as simple as people like to think. But just because I trust David Stearns, just because he hasn't done anything yet that has alienated me or any other Met fan, doesn't mean he's wrong if this is the approach he's taking about Pete Alonso. And let me explain to you why real quick. The Mets are taking a gamble. And that gamble is... A, Alonzo doesn't have this historic judge-like season Mm -hmm. that changes his contract value. And then B, they're also taking the gamble that there isn't one schmucky team. And I'll call them that for the sake of anyone who doesn't think Pete's worth a certain number. He's taking the gamble that there isn't that one team that's going to grossly overpay him. That's the risk. Yeah. Okay? The risk involves losing him. The risk involves losing Pete Alonso because one team with one owner makes a decision that you could argue isn't a smart one financially. That's the negative. This is called gambling. Yes. Risk-reward. So the risk is you lose them. Understand that. I want everyone to understand that that risk is real. You can sit here all day and tell me he's not getting this amount of money or he's not getting that amount of money. All you need okay. is one team to make an offer that makes David Stearns and Steve Cohen say, yeah, too much. So you lose him. You yes. lose Pete Alonso because yes. he ultimately doesn't want to be here. That's not what I said. And he, and he How ultimately, did, I, did I just say that? And he ulti- well, I mean, Someone he's makes him get- an offer, dude. Right. And so let's say he has this epic Judgian type season in his contract year, just like Aaron Judge did. And and he deserves now to be paid a premium on what first basemen, who were good fielders, but not great fielders, not gold glove first baseman, get. And so the number is there. But he chooses to go someplace that is going to improperly overpay him. That's how I put it. That's how I'll put it. Improperly overpay him. Isn't that on him? Isn't that on Pete Alonso saying, I don't want to be here? No, it's on. Let's let's, let's back up to the Aaron Judge situation. The, the, The San Diego Padres were going to improperly overpay Aaron Judge, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And he said no after having a conversation, a heart-to-heart, whatever you want to call it, with Hal Steinbrenner. And ultimately, he signed a $360 million deal, and he's here. And we all feel, oh, that was right. That felt right because Aaron Judge made the right decision to stay at the place that he wanted to stay at. If he wanted to bounce and go closer to home, I put in, in quotes, even though he's been here long enough that this is more home, I think, than California, it, Like he could have done it. Pete Alonso is going to have the same choice. Someone could improperly overpay him, and he'll decide to leave. But if... The Mets come correct, as I'm sure they will, when he hits free agency, he can also decide to stay. So I know what you're saying. Overpay him because he deserves to be overpaid. I didn't say overpaid. He's got to be here because he's Pete Alonzo. And without Pete Alonzo, if the Mets get close to a championship, it just won't feel right. Or hell, they even win one. It won't feel right without Pete Alonzo. It's his decision. Well, first of all, I didn't say any of that. I no, know, seriously, that's I what didn't you're say, intimating. No, no, what I'm intimating is that the Yankees took a gamble two years ago, and they got lucky. Okay, they got very, very I mean, bleeping they lucky? lucky. They got lucky because they Aaron Judge— They paid $150 million more than they wanted to pay him. Because Aaron Judge selected to stay taking less money. I got news for you. Most people aren't like that. And I wouldn't even begrudge Pete Alonzo if he took the most money. Mm. But when you allow a guy to get to free agency, you risk. You take a risk. This is the whole game here. Risk-reward. 
And I'll tell you the other risk by keeping him now, but the risk of letting him get to free agency is one dumb team yes. offers him more money than you're willing to give, and he's gone, and you lose him for nothing. That's the risk. Now, what's the risk of being more aggressive and signing him now? What's the risk? That you're going to overpay him? That's the risk? What's the risk? What's the risk? What is the risk right now? And I want to make it clear. I don't know what Scott Boris is asking for because they've done a really good job of leaking nothing out. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Mets. We do not know. Okay? We do not know. But what I understood from his past administration, from the past group that ran Pete Alonso's group, is that if the Mets had made a more aggressive offer, if the Mets had made a more considerable offer, right. there was a really good chance he was going to resign. I don't know if that's the same, but I got to be in that ballpark. So let's say the Mets, and I'll get I'll get specific here. Come to Pete and say, you know what, screw it. We're going to give you more than Matt Olson right mm-hmm. now. We're going to give you $250 million over seven years. Take a calculator out. What is that per season? 250 divided by seven. I'm going to take it out. Do you know what by the top of your head? Mm, 250 divided by seven. 35 million 30 a year. Something, yeah. A lot of money, by the way. A lot of money, and you want to call that an overpay? Fine, it's an overpay. If you made him an offer like that, you don't think Scott Boris is saying yes? Scott Boris took over for Pete Alonso months ago. Scott Boris would get the quickest paycheck ever if he got that deal for Pete Alonso right now. And if you're a Met fan out there saying, Evan, come on, you're stupid. That's too much money. That's too much money. That's too much money. Yeah, for the position, it probably is. What if he gets to free agency, Tiki? What if he gets to free agency and he's coming off a 52-home run season in which he drives in 130 runs and it only takes one? Mm. It takes one team. To say, screw it, yes. we're giving him $300 million, and then you lose him for nothing. So real quick before you answer, risk-reward, folks, gambling. Which gamble is smarter in your mind? Okay, What gamble is smarter? But hold on. Signing him now for a amount of money that may be more than you have to or risking that, ah, oh, don't worry, I'll get him in free agency, okay, okay. I'll keep him, and then you lose but, him for nothing because one team made a stupid offer. Which risk do you take? So hold I on. Win. Let's, let's back up. If you lose Pete Alonzo, what happens? Like, you, you, you lose the 50-plus home runs a season. Right. Correct? Yeah. But could not somebody replace that? See, this is the problem. Could, you stepped could, in a problem. Could, no, 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 could, no. Could, could not a DH be signed who replaces some of that? You're already spinning. Could, could, You're already spinning. Could, could not Mark Vientos uh, developed as a, young, as a young prospect and maybe become, I don't know, what everybody expected him to be? Right? I think, I think what David Stearns is trying to do is just evaluate the Mets before he makes any decision. And I think what you're pushing him to do is to make a decision pre-evaluation. Yes, there is risk to that, but this is a new regime. What does he have to evaluate? He knows what Pete Alonso is. We all know what Pete Alonso is. Yeah, but we also also don't know how Pete Alonso is going to age. We also don't know when he's 34 years old if he's going to be smashing 52 home runs But you don't know that at the end of the year anyway. You're making a projection either way. But David Stearns knows nothing. He hasn't been here. And I think... If I was him and I was coming into this organization with Steve Cohen, Mr. Moneybags, as people like to call him, uh, as the owner, I'm going to do right by my owner and make the correct evaluation on every player and every decision as opposed to what Brody Van Wagenen did. Brody was right. Brody was right, dude. Brody was right. Francesa was wrong. And most people listening were wrong. You were wrong. And by the way, I'm okay. I admit when I'm wrong, I was wrong about re-signing DeGrom the second time. I raised my hand. Mm-hmm. But in 2019, you were wrong. Not you specifically. Right. I don't know what your opinion was. No, I didn't have one. But I was they, really national at that point. But they were wrong. 
Because, and I have said this so many years over being at this radio station about so many different players. Yeah. This is not new. Don't risk free agency. Okay, but don't on. risk it with David Wright. They were smart to keep him. I don't care how much it backfired. And they were smart to keep Jacob yeah, DeGrom that, before but, free agency. But you sound like a fan. You can't, you can't take your fan hat off. Not your WFAN hat. Your, your Met fandom hat. You're not taking it off. You're making it sound as if a player and I, is irreplaceable. And that's just not true. Everybody can be replaced. I, didn't I don't say care he wasn't replaceable. how good you are. Pat Mahomes at some point is going to need to be replaced, right? Everybody can be replaced. It may not be as good, but that not might not necessarily be a I don't know the the beginning of doom. You know what I mean? You're making it seem as if not signing Pete Alonso long term and having him here for the next six or seven years, hitting however many home runs he hits, is going to bring death and destruction to the Mets. That's just not going to happen. People people come up, younger players play, free agents sign. You find another bat when you when you see that there's a hole. And I think it's I think it's 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 too risky to use your word to force David Stearns to do something that he's not ready to do. Oh, so letting when him go to job, free agency his, is less his, risky? When his job is to evaluate and then make the decisions. So yes, going to free agency is risky. We saw it with the with the Yankees, but ultimately they were able, they were able to work it out because they played to the sentiments of Aaron Judge. Now, Pete Alonso, because of his agent, might not be open to sentiment sentimentality. He might just say, all right, my guy's telling me I should get the most that I can get. I'm going to go play for the Rangers or whoever the heck it may be. But that's ultimately on Pete. You can't no, control it. It's on the Mets. It's on the Mets because Pete Alonso wants to get paid, which I don't blame him for. I don't think any of us blame him for. But the risk of free agency, don't you guys get it? Don't you get it? You saw it with Aaron Judge two years mm-hmm. ago. Free agency is so risky. You don't want your great players to get to free agency. You never want to see it happen. Because when they do, there's a really good chance they're gone. Yankee fans, I'll hit you with a guy that it happened to you with. And I know that it's easy now to say, well, I'm glad it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But I want you to take yourself in the moment of when it happened and not what the results were. Robinson Cano. Hmm. I mean, not everybody was celebrating Cano going to Seattle But you know what happened? The Yankees allowed themselves to let one dumb team outbid them. And that team did it. The Mariners did it. And there were Yankee fans, young ones, who said, I can't believe we lost Robbie Cano. Now, again, take away the way it turned out. Because I know it's easy to say, well, they made the right decision. No. They risked free agency. David Wright, a year before free agency, I'll give the Wilpons credit when they deserve it took care of it before he got to free agency because you can mark my words if he got there Mm -hmm. he was gone he was gone Jacob deGrom they took care of it two years before free agency I'm telling you right now ask yourself this make the bet with yourself Met fans do you want to overpay him now and give him a contract that maybe is a little bit more than you'd have to that's your risk Versus, I'll allow him to go to free agency because I'm kind of confident. The market doesn't love him. His war isn't that high. Most team presidents are going to agree with me. And then all you need is one. <laughs> all you need is one team. All you need is Artie Moreno, two years after losing Shohei Otani, to say, God, man, I got to do something. And then I'm going to offer Pete Alonzo a dumb contract. See, here's the difference between me and a lot of people right now. I don't want to play that game. Right. I don't want to play. And here's the other thing, and you're starting to do it. And Met fans are going to start to do it. You're going to play another game. 
And Yankee fans do not take this personal. You're going to play this new game next year. You know what you're going to do? Juan Soto's going to be a free agent. And then you're going to call me up and say, hey, Evan, who do you prefer, Juan Soto or Pete Alonso? And you know that's a loaded question, and you know it's effed up. Because we all know Juan Soto's better. But you're going to say that as a way to see? You let Pete go, you replace him with Soto. You have Steve Cohen as your owner. Let me make this crystal clear. I want both. <laughs> no, no. I want both. I don't want there to be a choice. And by allowing this to get to free agency next year, you make it a choice. You make it so easy for everybody to say, but Evan, wouldn't you prefer Juan Soto? Of course. I'm not arguing that. But if you sign Pete Alonso now, would anyone ask that question next winter? Would anybody ask that question? Would you ask that question? No. Would anyone call and ask that question? They would not. All I'm saying is that David Stearns deserves the right to make his decision the way he wants to make his decision. That's all I'm saying. That's why this deal is not done. right? If this was the same, if this is still Epler here, I'm sure Pete Alonso would be well on his way towards being paid. And you wouldn't have that stupid beard. Well, actually, I like the beard, so it's not stupid. It's not stupid. But it's not stupid. I actually like the beard. But he would be on his way. But with David Stearns in charge here, then David Stearns has to have his own way of going through this process and not rush it just because fans want it to get done. We're going to get to your calls next, but first I want to take you back to July 24th, 2004, just a few months into Alex Rodriguez's tenure with the New York Yankees. He got into a little bit of a fight. Inside. Alex Rodriguez is drilled and... He says something to Bronson Arroyo. And we know what he said. Here we go. Veritek and A-Rod going at it. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and then Veritek punched him in the face. And A-Rod said, I'm never going to fight again. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, A-Rod was tough that day. Showed true toughness. Uh, he really did. I think that's when Yankee fans started liking him at first. They're like, <laughs> yes, he's fighting Veritek. Throughout the program, we will mix in other great A-Rod controversies. We'll the man to- from Milwaukee. <laughs> we'll get to your calls next, 877-337-6666. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if the reason you played that is what is now making me laugh. That is from a later controversy, as you may remember. Alex Rodriguez right here in this very studio on WFAN referring to the then-commissioner Bud Selig as the man in Milwaukee. The man from Milwaukee. <laughs> but as you play that, it makes me think of David Stearns. Is that why you played it, Luke? <laughs> that actually should be the new nickname for David Stearns. The man from Milwaukee. You know what? A-Rod, you've inspired me. Mm. Until Pete Alonso extends with the New York Mets, not only will I grow my beard out, I will no longer refer to David Stearns by his given name. He is now... The man from Milwaukee. <laughs> Thank you, Lugie. No problem. <laughs> You're terrible. I am no longer just accepting what everybody continues to say. Well, you, you knew this wasn't going to happen, Evan. Well, you knew Pete Alonso wasn't going to extend. Well, you knew it. Well, doesn't make them less wrong. Doesn't make the man from Milwaukee less wrong. The man wrong. from Milwaukee... Does it make even Scott Boris wrong? Let me say this real quick about Scott Boris, because that's a part of this game, too, this lazy assumption. Well, Scott Boris represents him, so it will never happen. He would never sign an extension prior to free agency, except twice with Jose Altuve he did. That's because Jose probably wanted to... We're not in contract hibernation. Excuse me? He always wanted to be an Astro. Or is it also possible that the Astros were aggressive in their negotiations? But they underpaid him, didn't they? Did, did they offer him $150 million to a guy who's now in his mid-30s? I mean, let's let's be fair, because, again, it's just an assumption of, well, he wants yeah. to be there. I'm sure he wants to be there, but 
it takes two to tango, Tiki. True, but I don't I don't know what his previous contract was. Was it market rate? It was another I'm signing before I get to free agency. Like, it can be done. You just have to be aggressive in doing it. And so what Boris and the man from Milwaukee has done very, very effectively, I'll give them credit, is nobody knows what kind of discussions, if any, they've had. I admit that. We don't know. We don't know if they've had actually really good discussions. We don't know if they haven't even talked. Like, all we have are the public statements of Scott Boris, which, as you just heard, were not in contract hibernation. And <laughs> David Stearns with his little giggle. I'm sorry, the man from Milwaukee and his little giggle of, well, you know, it usually works out this way. But is there aggressiveness? The Yankees tried. They failed, but they tried to keep Aaron Judge. Yeah. They tried to the point where Brian Cashman was leaking out the contract on the eve of opening day. But shaming a superstar doesn't make any damn sense. It was a dumb decision. It was a really dumb decision. But they were trying to keep him. Yes, of course they were. Because they they know the value that A-Rod brings to this team as a as a captain, as like, before he was even captain, but as the leader, then as the as the player, both sides, defense and as a hitter, and just what he meant to the organization. Did you hear what Tiki just did, by the way? What? He accidentally called Aaron Judge A-Rod. <laughs> he, it's on his head. It I'm is not? on my head. It is A-Rod day tomorrow. Best player, Aaron best Judge, player. You know what I mean. Aaron, yes. Aaron yes. Judge yes. was everything. He was one of the reasons you went to the stadium. Yes. Because you wanted to see Aaron Judge. Yes, you did. Not Alex Rodriguez. No. Well, you did too. <laughs> I was going to say. You did too. By the way, as we spread out all the A-Rod controversies, Spoiler alert, at some point, you'll hear about the opt-out controversy, which is one of my favorites. But right now, we get to your calls. To me, I'm sick and tired of it just accepting the fate that, well, Pete's going to get to free agency. Why? It doesn't make sense for the Mets. And in a lot of ways, it doesn't make sense for Scott Boris and Pete Alonso. Let's go to Matt Nestoria. What's up, Matt? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for taking the call. What's up, dude? Uh, on, uh, on A-Rod Hate Day, quick comment. I just uh, He always drove me nuts saying that he wanted to be a Met 20 years ago, whatever. I always thought that was pandering when him and J-Lo wanted to buy a team. I, I, I'm curious what you guys want to say about that uh, later. But I, 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 I disagree. Did, I think he did want to be a Met. Yeah, I think he wanted to be a Met. That's To me, A-Rod not being a yeah. Met is more of a Met issue than it is an A-Rod issue. I don't right. hold that against Alex. I hold that against the Mets. But that's a story for another day. Yeah, the money wasn't uh, okay. going to ever work. In regards to the Pete thing, I, I think you're totally right, Evan. Um, everybody wants him here. I also, what drives me crazy is the lack of reported communication. Make the guy an offer. I don't think that he's going to get the contracts that, that he thinks or Boris thinks he's going to get. Maybe six for, you know, 187 for 200. He's not even the best first baseman in, in the division. But the Mets fans want him. And if Beatty, guys like Beatty and Vientos take a step forward and look like they're going to be quality major leaguers, then all of a sudden you're looking, if, if he goes to free agency, the hole that you have in the lineup is a homegrown guy that you've had the whole time. And had a, and, then, and then next thing you know, Soto becomes a must-have. Pete has a must-have next offseason. They're going to have to invest in pitching. So why not just why not just lock him up right now? Bingo. The, core is, the clock is ticking on this core, and, and let's start filling you, holes while we have the leverage to negotiate. So you bring up a lot of really good points. Next year, when the Mets get to free agency, and hopefully it's coming off a really good year, Tiki. Right. Hopefully the Mets are a playoff team. They're going to have four open rotation spots. They're going to need to be aggressive in so many ways. So why would you even want there to be another question on your roster that's self-inflicted by the question around Pete Alonso? Do you think that the Mets are making offers? Do you think they're actively making offers for Pete Alonso? I can't lie to you. I don't know. And that's the thing. Like, I, 
I'm not going to lie to anybody and tell you I know what's going on now. I have some insight on what happened in the past. Mm -hmm. I I do, and I've shared that. Unfortunately, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Like me telling you, yeah, the Mets made made him an offer a year or two ago, and it was well below market value, and there wasn't even a response. It was so low. But that was a different regime in in effect. Correct. So it's it's not the same. Correct. It's a different administration, so I know it. You can't blame that. You can't blame them. You can't blame David Sturms for what they did prior. I cannot. You're right. But I also feel like the Scott Boris issue is something that can't be discounted. Right? The fact that he is only going to take a certain number before he even starts having the conversation. So I kind of feel like the Mets are making on entries. Right? They are trying to get a conversation going. But they're just not meeting it. And without them meeting it, there's there no response. But Tiki, Tiki, if I knew, and we don't, and it's a credit to the Mets, it's a credit to Scott Boris, they right. have kept everything We've on the wraps. We've heard nothing. We've heard nothing about if, this. If you were telling me, look, the Mets are trying, and Scott's basically saying $350 million don't talk to us, hmm. then I would understand. We're not in contract hibernation. But I don't know if that's going on, and I think that there's this lazy assumption that because it's Boris... He's not even open to talking. Boris has had clients sign extensions. It's happened. And oh, by the way, Scott Boris has a handful of guys that are free agents right now. Don't you think, let's just be logical here. Scott Boris stole Pete Alonso. Stole him. He stole him a few months ago. Yep. Took him out of nowhere. It is the easiest payday for Scott Boris to sign Pete Alonso tomorrow for $200 million. The easiest payday ever. He does no work. He signs him. He talks with David Stearns for a few months. Boom, here's my payday. I don't have to worry about it now. It's over. So I think there is a motivation to get it done. I'm concerned the Mets don't share my opinion. (laughs) And that's why I'm on the radio telling them politely, you're wrong. The man from Milwaukee. Give me me your reasoned explanation. Don't get heated. Your reasoned explanation of why. Other than him being homegrown, he's he's a... a 50 you know home run guy a year home run guy why is he so important for this Met organization why is he important why is he so important to you as a Met fan to continue to go forward here name me one slugger since Pete came into the league who is as good and as reliable and that's the key word Yankee fans reliable as mm-hmm. Pete Alonso and I'll wait health wise well yeah 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 playing matters dude i know i okay. know so tell me the sluggers in major league baseball as reliable as Pete Alonso since he was called up exactly He's the most reliable slugger in Major League Baseball. I didn't say he's the best player. Mm-hmm. I didn't say he's Aaron Judge. I didn't say any of that. I said he's the most reliable slugger in baseball. So without bringing up any of the emotions that I have and Met fans have, I'm just talking baseball, right? We're talking baseball. I'll give you another thing that no one seems to bring up. I shouldn't say no one. I'm yep. sure some do. Every year, Pete Alonso gets better defensively. Every year. True. Did I say he's Rico Brown? No, no but he gets better every year. Okay, so but there is a I, – I think there is a piece of this – that you need to see. And it was this his average last year was bad. Right? And I okay. I know we don't we don't we don't value it the same way that we used to, but he hit two nineteen. I am aware. Who's protecting him in the lineup all year? Oh well, who was? I don't want to ignore that. Do you want to ignore that? No, of course not. Who was protecting Pete Alonso last year? I mean Francisco Lindor. No, no. Lindor was ahead of him. There was no there was nobody protecting behind, him. No, behind him, you're right. Who? Jeff McNeil who had a crappy year? Mark Canna? Like, who the hell was protecting him? Yeah, both, you know, McNeil, who was paid, and Nimmo, who was paid. And also, so, McNeil's just not the kind of hitter I want protecting Pete. So you and Alvarez up, wasn't ready yet. Alvarez no. wasn't there yet. Now, maybe Alvarez will be that guy this year. I hope so, if they don't sign J.D. Martinez. 
But let me just tell you something, bro. I got an answer for anything you want to say. Mm-hmm. So you keep firing. Do you, well, do you have an answer for this? Go ahead. Did it ever occur to you, based on the breadcrumbs David Stearns has left us, including the last man week, from Milwaukee, on whatever that, what's the podcast he was on, the uh, Intentional Grid or whatever the heck he was on? Yeah. Where he said, please, you know, if you could call him and schedule it, what if Alonso just simply doesn't want to be here? Dude, I'm mm-hmm. open to the possibility that a he don't I don't believe that's the case, but fine, I don't know. I mean, I just or think that it's... Scott's not open to discussions, but they need to be aggressive in it. Like I just said, yeah, if no, you're I telling agree. me the Mets are negotiating and Boris is like, I'm stuck on 300, yeah. I'm not even moving. But, but sure, it's not going to go anywhere. Stearns at least left us enough breadcrumbs that he has said vocally that they have been open to it, that they have thrown, that they've reached out, they've and reached they're out, getting nothing. And and I don't. When did he say that? They say they reached out and got nothing. Well, hold on. When well, he he's says, intimating. yeah. Oh, we're going to do more fan fiction now, Sean? It's he, not fan fiction. I know you're really into right. that. He's when, a bad guy, too, when right? When he gets flat out asked, not no, it's not about Alonzo being a bad guy. When Stearns gets flat out asked, hey, when can we have this uh, press conference to announce your son Pete Alonzo? And Stearns' answer is, hey, if you could get that figured out for us and scheduled tomorrow, please, that tells me. It tells you nothing. I mean, Tiki, it tells you're you nothing. Sir, it, it feels like. They're not getting a response because they're not reaching the number. There's a number that's out there. Just like there's a number that's out there for Blake Snell. Just like there's a number that's out there for Cody Bellinger. Just like there was a number that was out there two years ago for Michael Conforto. Mm -hmm. There's a number that people aren't reaching. And Scott's not taking your call until you reach that number. So whose fault is that? I just told you what a fair number would be that's an overpay right now, $250 million over seven years, and you could scoff at that all day. How do we know that's not the number? Because maybe what, the number's what, lower. Because who but, makes? I mean, yeah. I mean, what? Go ahead. You're so, getting frustrated with me. What's the I problem? I am because you're you're talking about inappropriately overpaying. That's what I'm talking about. I could be underpaying him based on the season he has. How do I know what team's going to offer him next year? Don't make that much. It was right? Matt Medelson didn't get the free agency, so I don't want to hear his name mentioned ever again. By the way, by anybody. He was two years What's, away from free agency. For, for, it's not a comparison. It's not a comparison, but it is the top salaries. It doesn't matter. It does the matter. The top salary is what, is what a team is willing to pay. That's what the top salary is. If he gets to free agency next year off okay, a 54 so, home run season, so how, how the hell do you know a team's not going to give him so $300 how, million? So how is that determined? Right? How, how is the number for Aaron Judge determined? What do you mean? Like, at the end of the day? Yeah, right. How was it determined? It turned into a bidding war. It turned into multiple teams showing you how far they were willing to go. And that's the negative of free agency because you have multiple teams that are now out there saying, hey, I really want this guy. Your price will go up in free agency a lot of the time. The Mets are having an arrogance of it. No, it won't. Or B, don't worry, we'll match it anyway, which I can't trust them to do. I'm sorry. I can't trust them to do that. I think what Sean is saying has some merit. There is a a likelihood that Pete Alonso actually wants to test free agency. Maybe. He actually wants to Maybe see he does because he's not getting a there. good offer from the Mets. Ever okay, think of that? Okay, but what, whatever. It doesn't matter what, the reason. He actually wants to try to be somewhere else. And what would that look like? He doesn't know because he's never had the chance. And if there's going to be a moment that he can do it, it's now. It's the only moment that he can do it. All I know. And we don't know that. Just like you don't know what David Stearns or the Mets Uh, Lards have been talking to him about. We have no idea, right? So you can speculate one thing. On the other side, you can speculate the exact opposite. Here's what I'd speculate on. I have more evidence Pete wants to be here than the Mets want to keep him. Why? I'll give you a simple answer. Because Pete Alonso said it to us. He said it to me. When I asked him point blank, now you want to tell me he's lying. Mm-hmm. You want to tell me he was just giving you lip was service. That, Maybe was, you're right. Was that pre-Boris? 
It was pre-Boris. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a different it's a different calculation. I don't now. think you hire Scott Boris because you want to leave. I think you hire Scott Boris because you want to get paid. We're not in contract hibernation. And I understand why people want to get paid. We all do. Well, it, it just might be a little bit of a miscalculation. That's all I'm saying. Let's go to John in North Babylon. Hey, John. Hey, guys. What's going on? What's up? So, Kiki, I agree with you in regards to Stearns. Well, listen, he just got here. He wants to do things his way. However... Mets fans are a little jumpy with this because outside of Wright and DeGrom, they tend not to send their guy to that second contract. Yeah, it's and true. And Pete actually seems to be the guy, as far as the fans go and, the, you know, LFGM and all that stuff. The fans love him. The fans want him. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't want to be here, but they're a little jumpy this because they're going to lose one of their guys, one of their homegrown guys, not, you know, Cespedes where they signed a second contract. That's not the same thing. No. That's why they're a little jumpy here. And listen, I understand Stearns wants to do things his way. And, you know, they said that they're punting on 2024 without punting on it. But, you know, you got you got to fill out this roster. I'll be honest with you. This roster's not great as it is. And and now there are Met fans who say, ah, what's the big deal if you lose Pete Alonso? Because you got to replace him. Oh, I think it's a big deal if you lose Pete Alonso. But it's at what cost it, to keeping him? That's, that's what we're talking about is what does it mean if Pete Alonso – stays here, but for whatever reason, Steve Cohen is not going to continually be in the in the in the Cohen tax threshold and with the CBT. What if all of a sudden David Stearns is making him prudent in how he spends his money? Oh, we got a problem. I, I know you do. We got but, a major problem. But let's let's also not forget there are different ways to build teams that get deep into the postseason and, and compete for championships. We want to think it's just always spending money. But it's not. There's a big di- no. But here's my issue with all this: there is a really big difference between spending money and buying players and keeping your players. Keeping your players should be a promise that every owner in this town has to us as fans. Hmm. When you develop someone and we watch them become a star, you have to keep them. This owner, when he bought the team, and you told us the news a few years ago, I swear to you, the number one thing I was excited about was not stealing players from the Yankees. It was not losing your own. It was not losing our own. And I get that. And Pete Alonso is the the poster child for not losing your own. And And again, I'm not saying he shouldn't be here. I'm just saying the hiring of Scott Boris and the the silence that you get from that camp it, including Pete Alonso, it's it's it should be telling you something. It's just whether or not you're willing to listen. I think that's what we're talking. Like, are you listening to what to what's not being said? And and even if it makes you feel awkward about the relationship that you have with Pete Alonso, you can't you can't just dismiss it. But you're making that assumption. Of course I am. Well, and I'm like, making like, the assumption the Mets aren't being aggressive enough in keeping him. If they show more aggression, but I would argue that the Mets don't need to. Be aggressive. I'm telling you, it's smarter to be more aggressive because when you let a guy get to free agency, you run a greater risk. The risk of overpaying a guy now, to me, is far less than the risk of losing him in free agency. Tell me if I'm wrong. Not with Scott Boris as your agent. Do you you think I'm wrong with that statement? Uh, Generally, you're not wrong. But with Scott Boris, I think you are. Why? Because he's not going to answer the phone until you go to a he's certain place. He's proven he will sign guys to extensions. Okay, forget Jose Altuve, who is multiple champion and multiple 
like legend in in Houston. And at 30, whatever he is, two, three right now, he wasn't going anywhere else, right? The only team that's going to value him that way for 20, whatever it is, $25 million a year are the Houston Astros. That's the arrogance that the Mets probably have. Well, no one's going to value Pete as much as us. No, so if I don't we let him get to free agency, I don't think that's no true. one will outbid us. I don't think that's true. I, I, I don't think that the Mets think that Pete Alonso is going to take a hometown discount. I think that the Mets aren't willing to go to the number that Scott Boris is throwing, or at least keeping the shell around him. And as a result, they're not answering the phone. And guess what? That number very well may be bigger 10 months from now. That's on the table. Jimmy's in Levittown. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, guys. I I think the Yankees are in the same spot the Mets are. And I totally agree with you, Evan. But here's the deal. If this season goes awry for both teams, which it quite possibly can because Mm -hmm. the rosters are similar to last year. Anything can. You're right. Yeah, right. So, and let's just say we're 15 days before the, the deadline. And, you know, I, I see this when the, when the Islanders lost Tavares. I'm not taking no one's word while I'm staying. I love it here. That, 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 that's gone. That's past. You got to deal these guys and get what you can get back. And then what? If you want to try if the season's over, you try no, again. No, but, you know, I dis- I di- well, Respectfully, sorry. I disagree with you. And I'll tell you why, though. I'm going to tell you why I think you're wrong about that. First of all, I think the idea of trading someone away and then being able to re-sign them is a fantasy that rarely happens. I know it did with Aroldis Chapman. Mm-hmm. It is a rarity. I think if the Yankees or the Mets decided to trade Juan Soto or to trade Pete Alonso, they're gone. That's number one. Number two, if either team has a crappy year to the point where they're out of it, which I get it. None of us saw that coming last year. Sure, it could happen. Yeah. I still think it's a mistake to trade them. Well, why? Why why do you say that, Evan? Because I want them on my team in the future. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm the Yankees, and I think the situations are vastly different. I do. I think Soto and Alonzo are very different because Juan Soto is going to become the highest paid player this side of Shohei Otan. Mm -hmm. And he knows it. And he's turned down mega extensions before. Pete Alonzo hasn't turned down any mega extensions that we know of. And he's also not Juan Soto. And also, Juan Soto's never played for the Yankees yet. Pete Alonso's a career Met. Yeah. So I think there are a lot of differences between the two camps. But one area where I totally disagree with Jimmy, and I know this is going to become a thing if either team is bad, more likely the Mets, is we'll just trade them. No. I want them on my team. And I think trading them away, Tiki, yeah. is a death sentence. Well, it means they're gone. Well, if you trade them away and, and Jimmy's – I mean, there's a re- there's a reality to what he's saying. You trade him away, and then he's a free agent. You can get him back. But you've now taken your advantage, which is actually having him in your building. You've given it to somebody else. Right. And not that that's going to make a difference, especially with the agent. And it's, both, it's the same agent for both of these guys. It's not going to make a difference with Scott Boris. But there is something about having the guy at least in your building and not experiencing something else. Right? Pete Alonzo could get traded to – Say somewhere, say Arizona, who knows, whatever. Go someplace else and just love it. Of course. And just, oh, God, I agree. This is, this, my family loves it out here. This is the perfect place for me. This lifestyle is so different than what I experienced when I was in New York. And, I, I oh, man, this, Scott, this is where I want to be. It's a Dude, it's a fantasy. I'm right. telling you right now, I've had this discussion many, many times, and I think we get right. stuck on a role as Chapman as the one example. It's the exception. You it don't trade a guy away exception. and then sign him at the It just no. doesn't happen that no. often. Because things... There's too many factors that you now have zero control over. They're not in your building. You have no control over any influence on that on that player other than what you previously experienced or what he previously experienced with you. It's gone. Everybody giving it away. Everybody want to smile. Everybody want to feel better. 
Yes. October 10th, 2005. The Yankees are playing a winner-take-all. Game 5 of the ALDS. They are facing Francisco K. Rodriguez. Derek Jeter leads off with a hit. And up comes A-Rod as the tying run in the ninth inning of Game 5. Down 5-3. to three. To the left side might be two. Figgins. Out. Out. And Alex Rodriguez who hasn't done anything offensively in this series, grounds into a 5-4-3 double play, and the Angels are one out away from the ALCS. Wow, what a moment that was. It was a great moment. People forget we did get two hits back-to-back after that, and it was Matt Suey who grounded out to end the game and didn't drive anybody in. (laughs) But sure, let history forget that. But no DP, those two hits score the runs. Right, but you also don't realize, because people maybe have forgotten this, Alex Rodriguez was busting his ass down the line. That's it's right. game five it of the ALDS. I know he was out. I know it was a double play. <laughs> but don't ever say Alex didn't try. Yeah. Excuse All me, hard, this is anti-A-Rod Day. No, we have not. plenty Whatever. of time tomorrow. We, to we are not accepting anti-A-Rod yeah. Day. It's A-Rod Day Eve, and how you choose to celebrate is on you. But anything you okay. throw at us, we will be ready. Yes. Fair enough. Coming up in the next 15 minutes, our third A-Rod controversy that, I'll give you this hint, Sean and Tiki will have no ability to defend. (laughs) That's coming up, plus more of your calls. I'm sick of just accepting the fate that Pete Alonzo's getting to free agency. I ain't doing it anymore. We're talking to you about it at 877-337-6666. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shop. Shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. In the next few days, Pete Alonzo will be in Metcamp, and he will be peppered with questions about a contract extension. And I love Pete, but Pete is very, very, very awkward <laughs> at answering those questions. Right. He's not very uh, verbose. He doesn't like to answer those questions. He doesn't really offer you anything, and I understand. So, What's he going to say? Talk to my agent? Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not at liberty to say. Uh, no comment. Like, what's he gonna say? <laughs> I think he's gonna give something that you're gonna say. Oh, he doesn't really mean it. I think he's gonna say, "Look, I've always said I love being a Met. I love being a Met. I hope it works out." 
which is code for pay me. <laughs> pay me. What were you listening to? Or someone said they're just saying that? Pay oh, me. yes. Ladarius Sneed was saying <laughs> to Kay Adams, Kay asked him, hey, what would you like to say to Brett Veach, the general manager of the Chiefs? He's built this dynasty. And Sneed's like, what I would like to say to him? Pay me. <laughs> pay me money. And he said it over and over again. <laughs> right. It actually made me think of Pete. Because that's what Pete's probably saying to the man in Milwaukee. Right. Like, don't give me high how are yous. Don't give me how was my winter. Just pay me the money. The man from Milwaukee. Jerry Maguire. That's right. Show me the Show money. Show me the money. And I'm with him. Show him the money. Because if you don't, and I'm not just accepting, well, it's not going to happen, Evan, so give up. It's not going to happen, give up. Like, if we did that, we wouldn't have America right now. If we just said, well, it's not going to happen, we wouldn't exist. Well, England's just going to keep taxing us. There's nothing you can do about it. And we just shut up and said, well, there's nothing we could do. England's taxing us. We wouldn't have America. Now, yeah. I am not trying to compare. Oh, come on. You know it was deeper than that. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was deeper than that. You know the mob was involved back then. Even back then. What What? What, what are you What are we getting? about the Boston Tea Party? I'm talking about everything. Oh, okay. I'm talking about the revolution. Yeah, the Boston Tea Party. Yeah. They, were, they, they got rid of the tax. Yeah. And so tea was cheap. Okay. And so the tea that was coming in, they were making lots of money. <laughs> All right, whatever. From England got cheaper until it got into the harbor. I'm just making a simple point that I will no longer sit there and accept that Pete Alonzo's not being extended because the man from Milwaukee right. told us so. The revolution was about money. No uh, taxation without? Representation. There we go. Yeah, I think we all know that. Thank you. No, they got rid of the tax. That was right. it. Exactly. They made English tea cheaper. Because they, they weren't represented the here. Yeah. <laughs> We're really going to go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> Not everybody knows, Jeff. <laughs> Dino is in South Plainfield. How are you, Dino? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, so, Evan, I agree with you 100%. Uh, as a Mets fan, I've gone through all this for 30-plus years. And I think <laughs> Cohen is teetering on being a fraud. Mm. I mean, I know he went for Verlander. I know he did all that money, but, fighting but words, you know what? Dino. Just, yeah, because, <laughs> hear me out, hear me out. So I, as far going back to even Judge, we all know Judge is not going to come to the Mets going to Yankees, but he never made an offer. For right. whatever reasons are out there, he didn't do it, made a deal with Steinbrenner, whatever it is, didn't make an offer. He didn't make an offer with Otani, whatever you want to say, he didn't contact us, that's nonsense. He didn't go over the 320 for Yamamoto when he could have went easily. And now you're telling me that he doesn't know the number that Boris wants for Alonzo. That's nonsense. He just doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you this. I, I don't know if I'm ready to call him a fraud, but every little thing that happens certainly adds to it. I'm going to be very honest with you on February 15th, and there's no way this opinion is changing. If they don't re-sign Pete Alonzo in free agency next year, it is completely unacceptable. Mm. And I don't want to hear about how much money he got elsewhere. If you are a billionaire owner and you are the quote-unquote God we were promised, then money doesn't matter. And anyone who's going to defend him, you're just a sycophant. i got to be honest with you. Then you're just a sycophant, and then you don't even believe half the stuff you've said. Because we all believe that Steve Cohen came here to save us. Yeah, and he has spent an awful lot of money, and I appreciate that. What if it results in a championship? Well, I'd be ha I mean, obviously, that's my first and foremost, but I don't think that makes the road easier. No, it definitely Losing doesn't. Losing Pete Alonso makes it more complicated. Absolutely, it does. So then if you agree with that, there's no amount of money. That's the whole money thing. Well, what if, what if the Padres offer him $400 million? Well, then you know what? No, they're not. You put yourself <laughs> in that situation, yeah. pay 401. That's my answer. And I said the same thing about Aaron Judge. If you're a big market team, if you're going to play with the big boys, then you don't let anyone outbid you. And that's the risk of free agency because you're allowing the possibility of one owner 
and one general manager making the quote-unquote stupid offer. Right. And I'm telling you right now, and you could say I'm dumb, I'm being emotional, you could use whatever word you want, but I'm telling you oh. right now, there's no reason, and I will not accept being outbid on Pete Alonso versus anybody. Don't break down his OPS. Don't bore me with that. It's irrelevant. He's supposed to be Steve Cohen. Right. Let me... I think the other thing, because you keep saying this, some other team is going to grossly overpay. What do you think that the league outside of New York perception is of Pete Alonso? I think it said he's a very good slugger and doesn't do anything else all that well. Are you going to overpay for that? All you need is one, dude. All you need is one. Hmm. I, I get what you're saying, yeah. but all you need is one. All I, need is one I, I didn't think about it until just now. Somebody's going to overpay. But what if they don't? What it well, then? Then the Mets won the then the Mets won the standoff. Yeah. Congratulations, you saved a few dollars. And, that makes me happy. Honestly, you lowered my ticket prices. Like what the hell does that matter? I, He's well, Steve Cohen. But I think, great, you saved money. I I'm think happy. That's for you. what David Stearns is is trying to evaluate. Like wh- where are we? Like how he doesn't know this Met organization. Maybe he watched it from afar, but he doesn't know this Met organization. He's digging through the weeds right now and trying to figure out you know which roots are too stuck deep and which ones I can you know plant beautiful flowers in. These beds. So I think right now that that David Stearns is just evaluating and he's taking a risk, but it's a calculated one because as much as we around here might love Pete Alonso, I don't know if that's necessarily the case everywhere else. But that's a risk. It is a risk. Is that risk worth it? I I mean, no, it's not. If I'll it, help if you it, out. It's if not. It puts you in a better financial position to to ultimately make another deal, whatever that deal may be. It's too, it's, like, I don't have the foresight to think of it. But I, I think you owe it to let him do that. What's right? What's worse, overpaying Pete Alonso now or losing him to the Angels next year because they decided to be stupid? What's worse? Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's my point. It's a very, very simple yeah. point. That's it. No, I don't want right. to take and, that and, risk. And you're right. I just don't think that – I don't know. I, I, I think that David Stearns has to do this his way. And if I'm David Stearns, I'm not letting anybody, especially Scott Boris, talk me out of doing it my way. Tom is in Beth Page. How you doing, Tom? Hey, guys. How's it going? I got uh, two points on this. Point one, um, and you guys are talking about um, with Pete Alonzo, if he bats 219, mm-hmm. to say he has no protection in the lineup is an excuse because the great hitter overcomes that. Well, I okay. I'm not saying he's an all-time great player. I'm giving you an answer on why I what helped contribute to him having a low batting average season. I also think what contributed to his low batting average season, and Tom, this is going to sound like an excuse, but I'm just being honest, is that he pushed his way back very quickly from that injury when Charlie Morton hit him, and I think he struggled. And that, he's a big that, part of why they collapsed, too, that, by the way. That I'll give you. Okay. Because I felt like he came back way too soon. Okay. But I'm not telling okay. him he's the best player in baseball, yeah. Tom. I'm saying that I want him on my team, and I'm willing to overpay him now more so than risk losing him in well, free that, agency. That, that that leads me to point two. If Go he's ahead. not the best player in baseball, which we all know he isn't, okay. then why can't I give you two scenarios where we meet in the middle? Scenario okay. one, you slap the C on his chest, make him the captain, and resign him. Great. Scenario two, you spend money in free agency, and the people come up from the prospects and the minors. Why, why does it have to be so definitive one way or the other? I mean, you're saying we can't win in 2025 and 2026 without Pete Alonso, and that. we never want a playoff series with him? I didn't say that. I said it's tougher to. Don't you agree that taking away a guy who plays 150 games every single season and is a mortal locked at 40 to 45 home runs, maybe more, that that makes it more difficult to build a winning team? It's more difficult. That's not, it. If you, not, not, not if you have an owner that's going to spend the same amount of money with or without Alonso. Here we go. The, owner, the owner 
with all the money? If the owner well, has so much freaking money, re-sign him then. Well, I think what Tom is saying is that there are other op- uh, there are other options. Why not both? Like, why are we accepting this? I don't understand Met fans. Like, because all of a sudden, it, it was, he's our okay, hero. He's our messiah. Spent, he spends all this money. Now we're talking about, well, Pete's not worth on. it. Go sign someone else. Sign on. both of them. They spent almost a billion dollars last year. I'm aware. A billion. Okay. I mean, and look what it got them. On short-term deals on aging pitchers. I'm talking about a 29-year-old slugger in the prime of his career. Don't you think it's a little different? Of course it is. But I'm just saying, with the competitive balance tax, with the with the lack of production and uh, success a year ago after grossly exceeding the cap and paying a record penalty, it, it it's Steve's Cohen, Steve Cohen's money. I know we want to count it for him, but like as a businessman, that's just not smart. What's not smart? To signing, keep, to re-signing keep, a guy who hits 50 home runs no, here is now all to, of a sudden not smart? How's to, that? To not have a full accounting of what it's going to mean going forward. And so... I I think he hired David Stearns primarily for that reason because he's kind of he was flippantly spending money. Yeah. And I mean, it won him 101 games. No, 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 but but, but did, hold on. It, it, it didn't yeah, it, it, it didn't I get it, it didn't work. It didn't work and you kind of you knew it wasn't going to work but you as know what? soon as injuries started to creep in for these old players and this this philosophy that we can we can bully our way to the is top Pete, but is Pete, work. is Pete an old player who has an injury history? No, of course so, not. So then what what does that have to do with the mistakes they made on Verlander and Scherzer? And let me tell you something Resetting else. Resetting their pocketbooks. Oh, re, well, don't reset it on the uh, because of Pete Alonso. Don't reset it cuz of him. Look, I'm not saying this is fair. I'm not saying I'm anti-Pete Alonso because that's what you're making it sound like. I'm just I'm presenting the rational side. And if I'm David Stearns, that's what I was hired to do. I get you. So let me be rational about it. I Don't force me to sign a guy that Scott Boris is trying to him. throw $300 million I, down my neck and it's not worth it. I'm telling you it's smarter to do it now. And here's the other thing. And Yankee fans, not for you, the number. It's we the, don't know what the number is. Uh, we, uh, is. Is 250 too much? I threw a number out there. I was specific. Seven years, 250. That's $35 million a year. It's more than Freddie Freeman. It's more than Matt Olson. And then maybe a lot of people listening, oh, Pete doesn't deserve it. He had 217. I'm giving you the number. Is that too much? $30 million a year? No, it's not too much. Well, it's $35 million a year. Uh, well, then maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what pushed them too far. See, I'm, I'm being, I'm just being, I'm just thinking financially. So, okay, I'm thinking financially too. And Yankee fans, please relate to me on this. I think you can. Sometimes it's annoyed me over the years with the New York Yankees, and I say this from afar because I respect that you've had ownership that spends. It annoyed me how you couldn't wait to pay the other person, but not yourself, and that always bothered me. It bothered me that you couldn't wait sometimes to pay that girl, but not your girl. And so when I see Carlos Correa, who is so vastly overrated, (laughs) so insanely overrated, get handed to him by talking to Scott Boris on a cocktail, a 12-year, $300-plus million contract. And we all celebrated it because it was like, hey, we got our owner. This is our guy. He don't give a crap. He's going to spend. When you offer that, and we all know he's vastly overrated. Do not fight me on this. We all know it. You couldn't uh, wait to yeah. sign him. But now we're nickel and diming our guy? Oh. I got a problem with that. And you all should have had the same no. problem when the Yankees have done that over the years, too. This is the first time I think your back should hurt from reaching, Evan. That's not a reach. Here's, here's the difference. That's I'm going to throw, throw it right back at you with what you've told us all about the Yankees this year with Soto. 
by the time you were doing that, you were in essence in a two-year window with Alonzo before his contract was up, and that was trying to put the best team around them in that spot. Also, you were throwing $300 million. I agree the guy's a little overrated, but guess what? A guy who is a serious October competitor with a championship pedigree, something, look around, that your team was lacking. That's the difference. Alonzo is not that. No, no, I, I get that, but they were so willing to pay of a course, guy. Because he's a champion, I, and they were trying I to cash in on the two years they had with By giving a 12-year, $300-plus million contract well, to a player who's not even that good? Sometimes you got to overpay and length and all of that. Okay, sure. I'd but, rather but, overpay. He is, good. Way, Don't all, say he's not even he good. is good, and you always overpay in free agency. Always. No, you over. You know what you do? See, that's the problem. You just hit on it. You always overpay in free agency. You always overpay in free agency. I'd rather keep my guys. That's a priority. My priority be I want to pay the guys that have already done something for me. Let me explain to you why. But your because guys have when, been losers. Hold on, and, because, and that's Pete's fault, right? Is that Pete's fault? I hate that argument. I hate that argument. I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out on this. Has it been part of the solution? Hold on, I'm gonna help you out on this. I ripped Odell Beckham Jr. yesterday. I never ripped him for being the reason the Giants didn't win. And when Giant fans would say, we don't need Odell, we haven't won with him, or we don't need Saquon, we haven't won with him, you know full well as a diehard fan, both of you do, that's a lazy, dumb argument. Dude, so you, if you're going to waste no. our time and say, well, they haven't won with Pete, who cares? Did they not win because of him? You just spent 20 minutes saying, who protected Pete? Why was he hitting 217? He clearly was not good enough to overcome not having the protection. So, yeah. So maybe they get rid of him. Maybe they didn't win because Pete wasn't a good enough superstar. Maybe the Mets realized that. That maybe Pete is simply a number two. If Aaron Judge was on this team and not Pete Alonso, (laughs) and it was a healthy Aaron Judge. They're a better team. Are they in the playoffs? Are they winning a championship? No, they're not. You, I mean, last year specifically, maybe not. Well, that's the what we're talking about. Yeah. No, but over the, but we're talking about paying a guy for seven years and what you envision. If you're paying him and he's going to be your highest paid player and your prime star, he has not shown enough on overcoming deficiencies. You know what? Pete Alonso showed me that Aaron Judge hasn't. I hate to make this an argument because obviously, plays. yeah, yeah. Well, that matters. And guess what? What? And Pete Alonso plays. That matters. Evan. He's not better than Evan. Aaron Judge. No one would make that argument, but I'm telling you he's more reliable than him. Tiki, as an athlete, am I wrong? When you're in free agency, should you not be paying a guy for what you think they're about to become as yes, opposed to what they did? of course. Okay. It's not so, for past performance. I, I think part of the best availability, or part of the, you know, whatever, the best ability you have is availability. Guess what? Playing all those games by Pete Alonso now, maybe the Mets and other teams will see too. That's also a sign he's probably not going to play that's, a lot of games. That's based on no years. evidence whatsoever. What do you mean? That's based on no evidence. We just went over the whole Dante no, DiVincenzo no, minutes thing. The more games that's you play, ridiculous. the more your body yeah. breaks it's down. It's not the same comparison. Pete Alonso's played every game basically every year, and now you've decided at 29 he's going to get hurt. Maybe he's just durable. Like, there's no evidence. Don't give me his body. Don't give me his weight. Don't give me his stomach, and don't give me this cockamamie answer of, well, he plays all the time. He's due to get hurt. What There's zero stomach? evidence he's going to break down. What about zero. His, what about his stomach? He's got a little bit of a belly. Okay. He's got a strong back? Yeah. He's, he's like a, Mahomes. As long as he's got a strong back, the belly don't matter. Exactly. <laughs> I tell my wife that all the time. He's got a dad bod. He does. I'm not throwing a dad bod, as long as your bat speed doesn't. Doesn't suffer. You guys ready for a little A-Rod controversy number three? Scratch your ass with this. October 28th, 2007, in the midst of Game 4 of the World Series, very close game in Game 4 between Boston and Colorado, all of a sudden, I'm sitting back, we're all sitting back, we're watching Red Sox-Rockies, we're having a damn good time. All of a sudden, in the midst of a close game during the World Series on a World Series broadcast, we hear this. There is big news brewing, and for that, we go down to the field and check in with Ken Rosenthal. Joe, I just spoke with Scott Boris, and he confirmed that Alex Rodriguez has decided to opt out of his contract with the Yankees. Boris said that Rodriguez made this decision today. 
and he made it because he's uncertain about the future composition of the Yankees. A-Rod needed to make this call within 10 days of the conclusion of the World Series. By then, he probably will not know if Jorge Posada is back, if Andy Pettit is back, if Mariano Rivera is back. He's also unsure about how the Yankees' ownership transition will play out. Boris said he's willing to continue negotiating with the Yankees, but the Yankees have been adamant that they will not negotiate with A-Rod if he opts out because now they will lose the $21 million they would receive from the Rangers over the final three years of his deal. All right, Kenny, thank you. That's big news. And again, as Ken just said, what? Celebrate Brian Cashman that. has been very Listen clear this, that if Alex Rodriguez opts out of his deal, they will not negotiate a contract to keep him in a Yankee uniform. So unless they go back on that <laughs> on the heels of this season, which was phenomenal during the regular season, with more postseason disappointment for the Yankees, 54 home runs, 156 RBIs, Rodriguez will be out on the open market. Yes. The, the best part about that is how the Yankees completely flip-flopped. Right. Of course they did. All right, we will not talk to A-Rod if he does this. <laughs> yeah, we will not talk to the best player in baseball just won the MVP. How do you defend this? Alex Rodriguez well, opted out in the middle Evan, of the World Series. Evan, baseball was suffering. Baseball was stifling. Right. Are you aware through four games of that Rocky Red Sox World Series, that was the second lowest rated World Series to date. Baseball <laughs> had no buzz in that World Series. We were over the Red Sox thing. It was their second one. And A-Rod opting out that night did a little something for baseball. <laughs> That's interesting. It saved it. It made it newsworthy in late October again. A-Rod saved baseball So A-Rod was thinking about baseball, not himself? Yes. Yeah. He, I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you, too. he put Cashman in his place. Absolutely. Right? Something Yankee fans, we should look back on and go, oh, yeah, he did do that. We all want Cashman fired. Look, A-Rod was the one guy we had in the team that did this. <laughs> that had the cojones A -Rod, to stand up yeah. to Cash. A-Rod put himself and looked and said, sometimes people are bigger than the game, and I am, and I'm going to save the game tonight. He did that. Right. Tiki, as a professional. Jeter didn't stand up to cash. No, he didn't. He never did. Folded all the time. Well, first of all, <laughs> Alex Rodriguez took the World Series and he hijacked. He needed to. Oh, stop. <laughs> You're going to join that argument? He did. That Look at the ratings. <laughs> Proof was in the pudding. So do you think that that's what baseball should do from now on? That A-Rod actually taught us that, hey, to make a boring World Series more interesting, I I we should have big opt-out decisions? I wouldn't be surprised if Major League Baseball called up Scott Boris and said, I know that you're planning on doing this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Can you just drop it right now? You guys, cool. you guys are no, nuts. He's right. He's right. And no, by the way. No, you're not right. And guess what? Major League, Baseball, yeah, Major League Baseball went to Fox also recently and said, World Series ratings kind of stink. You know what we need to do? We need to get A-Rod on set. And despite A-Rod working for a rival network, they made sure to put him on the TV set of the World Series. Right. Guys, Great point. A-Rod's always been a World Series hero. He's a savior. He's a savior. <laughs> you guys make fun of me. And two years later, a short two years later, yep. what happened? They win the World Series. Yep. I get it. You make fun of me for bending backwards to try to like defend myself or defend my point. That was some gymnastics right there. No, no, you, you, that you, was some very impressive you, gymnastics. You put, you put, I am flexible, bro. You put your hairy face on the pillow last night and said, I'm going to get these guys with these anti-A-Rod clips, and you're 0 for 3. Well, mm -hmm. no, no. What I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to go back and remind ourselves 
of all the many controversies of Alex Rodriguez. And we have a lot more throughout the day. We'll sprinkle it in throughout the day that some may say, wow, I totally forgot about that one. I mean, I think there's a few people that forgot about the opt-out. Opt-out, Rob. Like, that that one kind of slips your mind. But he hijacked the Red Sox World Series. That's probably why you guys like it. Right. Because you took the attention away from Boston. But it was a very self-serving move to try to overshadow the World Series. And... The Yankees couldn't wait to go back on their work. Okay, did it work? Did it work for whom? The Yankees and A-Rod. It worked for A-Rod. So the Yankee one's complicated. It, it, it worked. That's because they won the World Series yes. in two years? Yeah. I don't, think they, I don't think they thought that when they were being sued by him a few years and later. It, and it put positive vibes in the New York area because his opt-out catapulted the Giants to the 2007 Super Bowl run. Uh, is that true? Yeah. That is fall, that all of a sudden, the Giants had started off 0-2. They were clicking a little bit. A-Rod opts out in the World Series, and the Giants wake up as an organization and realize A-Rod's opting out, Cashman's folding. This is our chance to seize the moment, and they take off. I give you credit. That's a creative one. Mm-hmm. The Giants got sparked by the A-Rod opt-out. You don't know that they didn't. <laughs> Let's go to Jose in Staten Island. What's going on, Jose? Hey, how you doing, Evan Tiki? How's everything? Oh, it's good, dude. What's Listen, it? I just gotta mention this: Daryl Strawberry, Tom Seaver twice. Yep. Dwight Gooden. These are all the, the homegrown players. I'm not counting Degrom because last year Degrom said he didn't want to be here in New York. No, he never said that. But okay, just move no, on. Well, he never well, said that. He yeah. never said that. He never said that. But okay, fine, whatever. But yeah, again, well, either way you put it. These are players that we, as they, their careers went on, we always wondered how they would have been in New York. You have an opportunity. A few weeks ago, I said, might as well trade them when I spoke to you guys. Yeah. Now I'm saying if you want to keep them, I don't mind keeping them. But does he want to be here? Or, or do we have uh, another issue like uh, he wants to go and get the big contract like DeGrande? All right. That? Now you've pushed me too mm-hmm. far, and Jose. I tried to let it go. I tried to let it go. I'm not letting this go anymore. Jacob DeGrom didn't want to leave. The Mets made him no offer that was even close to what he got from Texas. Now, if your answer is, well, the Mets were smart, fine. That's not my point. Let's stick to this. Masterclass, getting rid of a guy. That's fine. Maybe that was the intention. I think it was. But for Jose and others to continue to repeat this lie, like they just repeat it as if it's just true. Uh, Well, Jake didn't want to be here. No, the Mets didn't want him here under the terms of the contract that Texas was able to give him. Is that going to be the same BS we fall for with Pete Alonso? Is that what we're going to get? Because let me walk you through the same BS that Jose just peddled here on Sports Talk Radio, and I respect him. That's why I'm very polite in correcting him. Pete Alonso gets a stupid offer from the Anaheim Angels. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. $300 million, whatever it is. Are we going to come out and say, well, Pete didn't want to be here. He wanted to go to Southern California. Or no. are we going to admit the truth and say the Angels made an offer the Mets were unwilling to come close to? Because that, that's your choice. Because it's been how many years now since DeGrom left, and yet people continue to peddle this lie that he didn't want to be here. The Mets didn't come close to offering him what he got in Texas. And by the way, that may be the same fate for Pete. I don't know, Tiki. Yeah. Maybe he ends up getting an offer that the Mets don't want to come close to. By and way. then what? People are going to call in and peddle the same BS? But the same, they're not mutually exclusive. Just because he got overpaid didn't mean that he also didn't want to be here. But we have no proof that he doesn't want to be here. When he's been asked about it, he said, that's not true. So unless you want to call him a liar, which you have a right to do, call, call DeGrom a liar. That's I'm fine. Not, Go ahead. I'm not calling DeGrom a liar. Well, then, he, think... then you believe him, so stop saying it. How about that? I, Let's make I, a deal. I, I Either he's a liar or he wanted to be here. Go ahead. It's up to everybody out there because I'm getting sick and tired binary? of hearing this. It's binary? What does that mean? Explain that one to me like a, I'm two. A or B. 
I think it is A or B, Black yeah. Black or white. In this case, yes. I think a lot of areas are shades of gray. Mm. I don't think this one is. Could be. Could it also be the Mandela effect? Where a lot of people just think he didn't want to be here, and now in our minds we've made it fact. Right. That, that's correct. That's what's going on. I think that's what it is because Jose didn't like said it as if it was a fact. He I, he didn't even. And then when you said when did he say it, he goes no. Well, he he must have said it. George Costanza. Yes. It's not a lie if you believe it. Correct. Mm-hmm. So if you continue to believe something and right. you say it over and over again, and your friends continue to say the same mm-hmm. thing to you, you just assume well that's reality. It's not, and I don't want to fight this anymore. But the reason it bothers me is because I can see the same thing happening nine months from now. Yeah. Just be happy for him. He's a World Series champion now. Really? <laughs> Trying to push me over there? <laughs> More of your calls coming up at 877-337-6666. Francisco Lindor will be placed in the Tiki chair. That's oh. when we listen to something Lindor said, and Tiki Barber will tell us what he actually meant. But when we come back, that's right. We've got some special guests for Anti-A-Rod Day. We got two individuals that may have been rivals with A-Rod. Two individuals that may not have liked A-Rod. I don't know. We'll ask them. Maybe one of those individuals decided, I'm going to drill Alex anytime I see him with a pitch. (laughs) Coming up, a couple of A-Rod rivals. And more conversation with you, including a chat with Bad Tiki. He joins us in about an hour. On this wonderful occasion, Tiki, we have a couple of distinguished guests that will join us on the eve of A-Rod Day, a day that Sean has put together. I'm obviously showing you the other side on this wonderful Thursday. (laughs) And these two distinguished guests do an outstanding job. They're on TV. They're big TV stars on MLB Network, a show called Intentional Talk. And, of course, we're talking about Kevin Millar and Ryan Dempster. And I love Ryan Dempster. We'll get to that in a second. Fellas, we really appreciate you joining us on this very special occasion. Thank you. I love Ryan Dempster also. What a great man. We live together. He does a great job cooking and cleaning. Very well dressed. <laughs> great quads. Wow. I know. And, yeah. and he's a good cook, too? Like, he cooks well? Unbelievable. What Sneaky, is that? healthy guy. Peanut I have to be, guys. I've mean, I got to keep Kevin in shape. I understand. Uh, let me start with you, Ryan. Um, you're a hero of mine. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> no, because I didn't. I, I'm intrigued why. I'll never, forget, I'll never forget that night in Boston when you looked square in the eye at Alex Rodriguez and said, I'm going to try to hit you, and I'm going to try to hit you multiple times <laughs> until that baseball goes off your body and you don't be ass. terrible. Yeah. Take a- three pitches and four pitches to hit him. <laughs> hey, first of all, it only took two. The other two, I figured, because what happened is if I threw it down and away like I did later in the game, he hits it out of the ballpark. I'm sure that those things work. So, um, but yeah, it was you know, hey, listen, man, we all go through times in life where we make choices, and uh, Alex got a lot of money and he can afford beer the rest of his life. I wanted to make sure that he never had to pay for one in Boston, and I think it worked out. Oh, okay, good, because I was nervous as you were talking. Like you don't regret that decision. Like when you decided that day, I'm going to drill this sob. You look back on it a decade later and say, that was awesome. I, I, I'll do it again, again, and again, right? Be careful, Ryan. This could be a trap question. It's Continue not. on, please. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, listen, no, I, I don't regret a lot of things. I, you know, there's choices that I've made that weren't always the best. But at the end of the day, in the moment, I, I was making that decision on what I thought was the right thing to do. And, and actually, to be really honestly and truthfully, before any of the, you know, the stuff had come out with the allegations and suspensions and all that, 
I was having a beer with my brothers in the backyard at my parents' place around Christmas time. My brothers and I signed with the Red Sox. He goes, dude, you should hit A-Rod first time at, at Fenway. And, and, and then they actually were in the stands for my brother's bachelor party. It could have been more serendipitous or whatever you want to call it. It was all meant to be. Oh, wow. nice. Ryan, how much did Major League Baseball fine you? Uh, I, I got a, a fine. The standard fine, I think, was twenty five hundred dollars. Oh, which, dude, that's uh, worth it. Oh, I think it got lost it. in the mail somewhere. <laughs> but I did get. I, I will argue, I got the best paid five day vacation ever because a lot of people don't know this. I went when we went to San Francisco afterwards. Um, I walked in the office on the Tuesday, and John Farrell said, "You're suspended." And I said, "For hitting the suspended guy? That's weird." <laughs> and. And so then I left. I said, well, I'm going to throw a bullpen and I'll leave, and then it can't be made into a big of a story. And, and it really worked. I, I, I went to Big Sur camping with my wife. I went to Malibu and stayed at Chelios' place. And, Subtle and brag, out. guys. Subtle brag. Right. These wealthy people go great. to Malibu it with Chelios. Right. Dude, talk about opportunist. But yeah. Real quick, you hear him, he said, he goes, hey, I got a five-day vacation. Did you notice the starting pitchers get that every day? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what he's saying. Different. It's different if he's playing shortstop or third base. He gave me a bad life. Did every you, four days, bring the golf club, guys. Not a bad life. Did you ever think for a second he would charge them out, or did you already see it in his eyes? He, you know, he don't want any part of me. Yeah, I, honestly, like, I, I, yeah, I didn't think anybody wanted to come out there. But, hey, listen, you know, like, I, I just thought, you know, and the, the funny part was it actually hit the elbow guard. Right. Please tell the Michael Tucker story. They don't build fences yeah. out here on the mound. That's what Ryan really wanted to say. They don't build fences around the mound. If you want to come, come on. <laughs> oh, I love it. Kevin? Uh, that was, you know what, and listen, the best two, we won the World Series. Poppy was mad. You know, they're good friends, obviously, and, and, and buddies, and he felt like he might get hit. But I did, I'd ask David to go down in the tunnel and have a little conversation and just say, hey, everything's going to be all right. And we went on to win a World Series. So wow. all in all, it was it was a great way to kind of cap a, a magical season there. Yeah. Can I tell you both this? And Alice has got a plane, and we're doing the World Series together these days, you know, as, as, as TV guys. So I just tell Ryan and Alice, this mentor, and make up, and we'll just we'll take the next uh, trip on Alex's plane. <laughs> right, right. So, <laughs> so I'd I like mean, to buffer him. So I, that brings up what, what I was going to ask you, Kevin. It feels like now all this feels I don't want to say childish, but it's like it's just stuff you do when you're playing, and it doesn't mean it doesn't last. It doesn't like you have this this intense hate for Alex Rodriguez, and hell, you used to joke with him about J, uh, J Lo. So like, what's the relationship now? I mean, I, I have a relationship with Alice because obviously, you know, playing against him in the minor leagues, and and it, it's hilarious. Like I said, Clemens is throwing balls at my face. <laughs> when Clemens and I golf at these golf tournaments, I mean, it, we do nesting together. So, like you said, in the moment, part of competition and the way and the and the basically the era that we played in, you policed yourselves. Yeah. Seriously, like if you want to do a backflip, if I want to take Clemens deep and do a backflip, I mean, even though I can't do a backflip, by I mean, just be honest, but. <laughs> That's the way it was. You get you got thrown out the face. Like Pedro Martinez would throw at your face if he felt you're disrespecting the game. Clemens or whoever it was. That's part of this game at that era that you policed yourself. And now you know you're allowed to do backflips and you know let the right. kids play, which is fun too. Different world. We're talking to yeah. Kevin Millar and Ryan Dempster. Let me ask you this because we haven't discussed this moment yet, but it's one of A Rod's most infamous moments when he slapped the glove of Bronson Arroyo. 
I don't. You were off the field by that point, right, Kevin? Because I think they replaced you for defense. They so, do. Sounds about, about right. the third or fourth inning. I was out of there. He's the two at bat guy, you know, and got two at bats, and then defensive replacement. Right. They got the leads. They go flying down the right field line. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Funny. What did you, sitting in the dugout when you saw that play? Because I remember watching on TV, thinking, "What the hell just happened? Did he slap his glove? What did you see from your vantage point on that infamous play?" The great thing about that, though, honestly, God, the umpires did an amazing job. We saw what you guys saw uh, live, and so now you're hoping before the replay scene, because Mark Belwarn had a home run that, that day also right. off of John Lieber in the left field that they called a double, and it hit a guy in the chest, and then they went back and got that play right. So there were a couple plays in that game, but the A-Rod play, yeah, he slapped the ball out of McCavish, Bronson Royals' hands. You know, they were involved in that situation, and we saw what you saw. But now, for them to get the play called right, mm-hmm. the thing that was silly, obviously, when Alex was going to second base with his hands up on yeah. his head, like, what? <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> now, Alex is very, 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 very high IQ baseball-wise. So it was just no replay. You were at the mercy of the umpires making the correct call, and they did a great job. Right. Do you give them credit? For just for even attempting that, because of what you just said, like Credit. I'm being serious. Because if they don't catch it, is this another trick question, guys? No, it's not. <laughs> I'm just like if you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? Oh, that's that's what I always Well, he certainly applied to that, didn't he? <laughs> I'm talking about in the game. I <laughs> get you. So you want to know if Kevin Lard yeah, and Ryan Debs give him credit right. for slapping the glove of Browns in a row? Nobody's ever done this before, right? I'll give him a lot of credit. He put some great numbers. And he, was, he was humble. I don't give him credit for slapping the glove out of there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I got to be honest with you. Okay. I, I got, yep, I'll put a bow on that one. Just making sure you keep it everywhere. So how long have you two lived together? I'm curious. Uh, since 1999, wow. 2000. 2000 was our first time living together. Um, it feels a lot longer, Ryan. I don't know why. I feel like it, we've lived together a long time. And yeah, still I've do. seen I've seen his body come and go and change a lot over the years. Um, we've watched our kids grow together. It's It's been quite a relationship. I've got a bad really body, up. boys. I'll be honest with you, i got back hair, and it comes underneath the lat area. I, I can't stand that, so that's probably what he's talking about, oh, just bad cool. back hair. And then so, now they have the opportunity, again, to, to work with him, you know, doing the show IT. It all came kind of together at last year at the winter meetings um, in San Diego, and he just threw it out there like, hey, too bad you couldn't do some IT. I'm like, well, maybe I can, and, and we just have had a blast. I mean, I come to work, I laugh every day, as you can tell, being around Kevin. We get to talk baseball, we get to laugh, get to be real, bring on guests, and that's how we were when we were playing together. I mean, this guy was the epitome of being relaxed. He always kept everybody in the locker room relaxed, even when we were rookies and we shouldn't have been that relaxed. He made sure we had fun, and it's never changed, not from day one since I've known him, way back when he was with the Portland Sea Dogs Eastern League MVP back in 1997. Oh, that one, you're embarrassing me, Ryan. They almost got me out that year. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, Evan has back hair as well. Oh, yes. I'm a hairy man, that's yeah, for sure. Like, I, I do not have back hair. Look, so, Evan. <laughs> so, 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 Kevin, Alex had... I don't know. He he comes he comes to New York. Obviously, as a Yankee, he's a big bitter rival of the Red Sox, and it seemed like you guys took joy in saying, "Well, he's not Derek Jeter." What was the point behind that? Just to, well, to like the needle we, him. I just answered this question. Now, I don't know if you guys recall. Remember, Alex Rodriguez met with ownership with the Boston Red Sox, was going to Boston, yep, yep. and Nomar was going to be traded. And then Dan Patrick asked me who's going to throw the ball across the field. Uh, you know, coming open day, and I said Alex Rodriguez because I thought that. Well, then, then obviously, no more got mad at me for a while, and I'm the sitting here going, "Well, I, I, I thought you were getting traded. A Rod's coming to Boston. Well, then he ends up in New York, and then you're like, wow, you didn't realize obviously back in '03, '04, and '05 that rivalry was just it started and got heated, 
and got awesome. Yeah. Now, you only boo if you noticed. You've never, like, booed the average players. The guys that get booed are your great players. I've seen Derek Jeter get booed. It was like booing Santa Claus when he was over 30 <laughs> in Yankee Stadium. Well, Alex now comes with, you know, some stuff with him, right? Like, let's, I mean, be honest, the numbers, unbelievable. Probably the you know best shortstop numbers we've seen since he was an 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kid coming up. You know, first $100 million contract and all of the stuff. Now you're going to have a lightning rod on your back, period, end of story. It's Jeter's team. Mm. Now he's got a constant, probably a little insecurity trying to match Jeter. But at the end of the day, it's number two's team. He's the captain. He's won World Series championships. And so Alice comes into a situation, just be a part of that group. But obviously on our side, we're like, yeah. They've got it. That lineup, Matsui, A-Rod, mm-hmm. Jeter, Bernie, you know, Posada, uh, Sheffield, Jambi, like it's, it's, it's a different Yankee lineup. It, that, it's that lit Yankee lineup. They were the best I've seen and gave you at-bats one through nine. So, obviously, now he just adds fuel to the fire. No doubt about it. Intentional talk is the show to check these guys out. They do a great job. Sierra Santos does it with them. MLB Network's got spring training games starting on the 24th, which I'm pumped up about. And we very much appreciate you joining us for a few minutes. Thank you, Kevin Millar. Thank you, Ryan Dempster. Absolutely, you guys. guys got it. When I hear Kevin talk for that long-winded, I know he gets hungry, guys. So I'm going to go make him a meal right now. <laughs> got it? Very good. Love it. Thank you, folks. Back here. Indeed. See there it is. Some distinguished guests. <laughs> Ryan Dempster, who tried to drill him a hundred times. See, here's the thing, Sean. He tried to get, like, hate from these guests, and that didn't feel like hate. That you, felt like levity. Of course. That felt like, is that a, really cel- what you took that out of felt like a celebration. <laughs> I did. You know what it takes? And it's just like what tomorrow's going to be. Tomorrow is the definition of time heals all wounds. That and is I think correct. that Kevin Millar and Ryan Dempster are proof of that. Well, we talked about a moment. Uh, with both Kevin Millar and Ryan Dempster. So why don't we listen to that moment? <laughs> October 19th, 2004, also known as the Bloody Sock Game, Game 6 of the American League Championship Series between the Yankees and the Red Sox. A-Rod's running towards first base, and he decides to do something awkward with Brunson Arroyo's glove. Saw A-Rod swipe it out of the glove no, no, of that's, Arroyo. That, I think he's out. He should be out. Yeah. Because that is clearly, as Arroyo puts the ball in the glove, the left arm came down. No. And they're going to call him out. They got the call right again, and they're going to bring Jeter all the way back to first base. And this umpire crew, as this fan base for the Yankees throwing baseballs onto the field. This umpiring crew, this place is dangerous now. They're going to wow. have to call the players off the field. A-Rod almost incited a riot at Yankee Stadium. How the hell do you defend that? Well, the fans almost were... incited a riot. Yeah, well, I don't <laughs> look. The fans should never throw any on the field, but it's understandable why they were angry. We have seen a revolution in sports, the shift in baseball that's since been banned, the runner on second base. Heck, in football, we've seen the tush push. A-Rod was trying to be a baseball innovator that night <laughs> and swiping the ball out of the glove. And frankly, it worked, and the umpires were caught with their pants down. They didn't know what to do, and that's why the fans were angry. <laughs> A-Rod was basically, the, you know, an inventor that night. He was an inventor that I think, night. I don't know if he was, like, trying to slap the ball out of the glove. I think he was just like, get your hand away from me. Tiki. And, and did you see Derek Jeter's reaction? Derek Jeter is, like, enthusiastic. Like, yes! 
Yes, rounded third coming in the score. Well, I don't blame Jeter. Jeter, Jeter just thinks he scored. A-Rod knows what he did, and Malar nailed it. He gets to second base, and he puts his hands on his head like he's surprised when they changed the call. He slapped the no. glove of him. You have cried for a long time about Piazza having the bat come nowhere near him. Yes. In that situation, A-Rod's also looking to have the ball not hit him and, and flail it away. Yeah. Piazza would have like done the same thing in that spot. putting a, gl- a glove towards your head. He's like, get your head away. He's head away from me. Protecting himself. Come on. Went nuts if that was a instinctual. Fight or flight. He's not running away. He's all fighting, right. man. All right, all right, all right. We're going to use a dirty one now because we are a little bit behind, and I want to get to all 13 oh, controversies. You're all for four. So. so I have another one. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. And this is a very, very tough one because now we get to pit the two Warriors against each other. Mm-hmm. Now we take the two icons, and they go mano y mano. Right, As right. you may recall, it was August 17th, 2006. And it was just a pop-up, but was it? Popped up. Third base side. <laughs> A-Rod and Jeter. And who's going to get it? They drop it. Oh, man. <laughs> this is uh, this is an amnesia game. For they want to forget they played this one. Mm-mm-mm. Obviously, neither one heard the other. Jeter shading his eyes. Ooh. What else could go wrong? What else could go wrong? The other thing that went wrong, and this you can't deny, Derek Jeter then proceeded to give Alex Rodriguez what we like to call the death stare. (laughs) The stare of, what are you doing? And that's when the tension between the most iconic Yankee of our lifetime, the great Derek Jeter. I can't believe I got to do that. The most iconic Yankee of our lifetime, the great Derek Jeter, looked over at Alex and said, what are you? What the hell's wrong with you? All right, so, yeah, you go first. No, I, I'm, just, I'm just looking at this. Yes. I'm just like, I'm being an, an IBO right now, an independent baseball observer. Tiki was in training camp while this was going on. Yeah, so I he was very I busy. I not see this at all. <laughs> For his final season in the NFL? It was my final season in the NFL. So Alex Rodriguez, who has already shifted towards short. Derek Jeter is over almost not behind second base, but he's shaded towards second. So Alex takes three steps, two steps, three steps. He's right under the baseball. Right under it. You're going to blame Jeter? I'm just, I'm just, I'm evaluating. What did I say? I said independent Baseball oh. observer, right now. A Rod barely moves. A Rod stands barely his moves. position. He's standing still for at least two seconds, and Derek Jeter is still on the move. He's moving yeah. as he's trying to catch this ball. It's a tough and look for look, you. I, I stopped playing baseball when I was a kid because I wanted to run indoor track and I just couldn't hit. I sucked, right? I'd get on base, I was fast, I'd be on third, but I couldn't hit, so I stopped. But I kind of think that the rule goes if you're there first, it's your ball. No, if you're yeah. the shortstop, it's okay. your ball. If you're the shortstop and you're shaded towards second and it's a pop fly right where Alex Rodriguez is stationed as the third baseman, you just let him have no, it. No, if the shortstop calls you off, get the hell out of the way. Tiki. Does you, he call him off? Hold on. Is he, is he is he saying something? Tiki. You are, words? Tiki. You were a running back. If you went out on a screen pass and Charles Way bumped into you, you're not going to give Charles the business. You're the running back. Cheater's the shortstop. That's his ball. Center fielder, shortstop, catcher. Uh, A-Rod, if he was playing short as the better, you know, shortstop he was defensively in his career, he would have let Russ Davis catch that ball at third base in Seattle. 
It just <laughs> look, and I love Jeets. Jeets wasn't Jeets. the perfect athlete. Um, Jeter's an icon in that spot. He didn't trust A-Rod. He should have. A-Rod was there. Just remember this. Jeter took 12 steps. A-Rod yeah. took three. But exactly. Tiki, Tiki, Sean. It's, it's absurd. You guys have to One, remember. Two, three. It's not. Maybe four. Okay. Three and a shuffle. It's not about the steps. It's it not is. about. No, here's what it's about. The captain of the New York Yankees looked at you as if you took his dog away from him. He looked at you as if you slept with his girlfriend. Probably and did. And I'm sorry. Well, probably did. And I'm sorry. Derek Jeter's always going to be right. And so nope. when Jeter gives you the death stare in front of 45,000 mm-hmm. people on a beautiful afternoon in the summer, <laughs> you give him the benefit of the doubt, not A-Rod. Make no mistake, that was Derek Jeter's infield, nope. not A-Rod's. By the way, there will be follow-up to this play and this you know, shortstop third baseman dynamic tomorrow as we celebrate A-Rod. Mm-hmm. But just know this, Derek Jeter admittedly really struggle with the idea of why somebody like that who was such a good shortstop would go over and play third base. The least he could do in hindsight looking back is let the man just field his position, and Jeter was refusing to do that. Let us go to Ralph in East Islip. Good afternoon, Ralph. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. So if the Mets uh, extend Alonzo, can the Knicks win the championship? <laughs> what? Well, hold on. we got to connect the two things. If the Mets do what with Alonzo? So I've, Knicks... I've been on hold for a while. Oh, I, so my, my point... <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> so that was your said, attempt at a joke to make fun of the fact that we've made you wait on hold uh, for three days. All right. I'll, I'll give it to you. It wasn't that good. Sorry, man. Right. I apologize. It's all right. It's all right. All so right. you guys are both right in that I, the Mets have to extend Alonzo. But Tiki's right, too, is that the man from Milwaukee has to evaluate what this team is. The man from Milwaukee. You got, you got two guys that are free agents right now that are represented by Boris, mm-hmm. one of which just won a Cy Young. Yes. And he's overvaluing what their worth is because no team has stepped up to give them that contract that they're looking for, which is in that $250 million range. Now, I'm willing to pay Alonzo that money. I really am. Okay. But I think to do his due diligence, he, he's got to he's got to see where those two guys go. I don't That's think. But, well, but hold on, I because Tiki's made this point, and I just don't fully understand it. The go idea ahead. that I'll re-explain. You got to give David Stern's time. I'm sorry, the man from Milwaukee time. Mm-hmm. To evaluate what he's got. The man right? from Milwaukee. Well, he doesn't need time to evaluate Pete Alonzo. But he needs time. time. I do know what he is, okay. dude. Is is Pete Alonzo the only reason that the Mets win? No, and he's also not the reason okay, they lose. Right, right, right. I didn't ask that. Is he <laughs> the only reason that the Mets win? No. The answer is no. No. Right. You need a starting rotation. You need a bullpen. Yeah. You need bats around. You need good fielding. You need not a liability in certain places. And David Stearns kind of knows this just from being baseball aware, but he doesn't know it intimately because he hasn't been here. He hasn't seen these guys. And so his job is to evaluate this team and to put it in the best possible position to compete and potentially win a championship for Steve Cohen. Is that going to cost him some money over time? Of course. But in the short term, he's evaluating. He's evaluating who they really need, how much they're going to pay and a lot to each of those pieces that they really need, and you have to give them time to do that. And Scott Boris uh, becoming Pete Alonzo's agent right when this 
moment, this inflection point, this change in philosophies is happening for Steve Cohen is not ideal because Scott Boris is myopic. He doesn't give a crap about David Stearns' ultimate job. He cares about his client and his client only and how much of his percentage is going to go into his bank account. That's what that's what Scott Boris. So there's a short-term disconnect between what the organization wants and needs and is doing and what this star player who is invaluable from your estimation to the Mets, what he wants. There's, it's a disconnect. There's ships passing in the night right now. Will they eventually collide? Sure, but not right now. And that's all I'm saying, right? You have to give this time. And yes, is it a risk? Of course, because you could lose him in free agency. But you would be doing David Stearns a disservice by not letting him do his job that he was hired to do. More on why everything Tiki just said is dead wrong, and I'll explain why. And, of course, your calls at 877-337-6666. Bad Tiki's coming up at 430. And when we come back, Francisco Lindor said something this morning that we're going to put in the Tiki chair. Tiki likes to evaluate (laughs) what someone says and what they actually meant. What did Francisco Lindor actually mean when he talked about this Met team? We'll hear what Tiki has to say coming up next. We are a half hour away from Bad Tiki. Always very exciting when we get that visit once a week at 4.30. We remind you tomorrow is officially A-Rod Day, a day of A-Rod's celebration where his jersey will be retired. I think it's Sean Morash presents A-Rod Day. Your name is on A-Rod Day, correct? correct. Yeah, I'm the presenting sponsor. Okay. I just want to make that clear. I want to be accurate about it. Today we've taken some shots at A-Rod. But he has been defended by lawyer number one, Tiki Barber, and lawyer number two, Sean Morad. I, I had a 68-year-old woman on the one train coming down that asked if she could give me a hug and thanked me today about what's going to go on tomorrow. Really? I said, I, this is fantastic. It. This is the, the Yankee fans are buzzing right now in this city. <laughs> well, more on anti-A-Rod Day today. And we'll get back to Pete Alonzo, who I have now accepted, I will not accept, the idea that he's just not being extended before opening day just because everybody tells me that. Just because everyone says, well, you shouldn't be surprised. Scott Boris, David Stearns, they're not making a deal. Doesn't mean I go down quietly. It doesn't make sense to not extend Pete Alonzo. Maybe they don't like each other. Who? Boris and Stearns. Well, Scott Boris is probably not used to dealing with David Stearns because right. he was in Milwaukee. <laughs> he was good. the man in Milwaukee. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> from Milwaukee. That may be a part of it. Don't come with any of these hardball tactics. That's I right. Know, I know not what you mean. <laughs> what is that, a Star Wars comment? I don't know. Something yeah. sound like Yoda. But one of the other exciting <laughs> things about spring training is that we get to hear from people. We get to hear from the managers as we have. We heard from David Stearns. We also heard from Francisco Lindor. And he was asked a question because there's a lot of Met fans that are not happy with the offseason. Uh, one of my fellow Met fans who works right here on this radio station, you may have heard of him, Greg Giannotti, mm-hmm. Gio, said all they did was sign 13 schmucks no one ever heard of. <laughs> His words, not mine. Wow. But I'm expressing that there are some Met fans. A little aggressive. A little bit. I don't necessarily <laughs> agree with it, but I want to show that there are some Met fans who are not happy with this offseason. I would even say the majority of Met fans may not be happy with this offseason. So Francisco Lindor, who I don't think there's any question, is clearly the leader of this team, the captain of this team. He's the most guaranteed guy on this team because he has a contract that runs until 2,112. Was actually asked, what did you think of the offseason? And I want to play this for Tiki because Tiki's very good at interpreting what a guy really means. So we'll hear what Lindor said and find out how Tiki takes what Lindor said. So, ladies and gentlemen, hey, Francisco, what did you think of David Stearns' offseason? I liked him. 
I like them. I feel Stern did a really good job. Um, and uh, they had a plan, an approach, and they executed. Uh, I feel like they still, I think, a couple pieces um, from what I keep on hearing from Stern. And, you know, that he's, he has said in the media a couple times already that there might be one or two things. <laughs> Is that... Lindor being honest with hmm. us that he's happy, or is that I, a Lindor I, saying this guy's an idiot? Why is he, he here? No, he's not saying the latter, um, but I, he's just short of saying the former. So I kind of think he doesn't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> he's not he sure. Doesn't know who Ben uh, Gamble is. Well, Ben Gamble's not the he guy to bring off. Bill Bickford is. No, it's Luis he, he Severino. Know who Austin it's... Adams is. Why are you picking? the schmucks that Gio referenced. Uh, because Gio referenced them. No, but how about but Luis Severino does, but, but, and Harrison Bader and guys course, like that? He does know who Adam Adovino is. Adam, well, I, I wouldn't count that. I, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Those are these, I'm just looking at all the transactions, all the schmucks that Gio is talking about. <laughs> you know, he doesn't know these guys. So Wait a second. So you're saying Lindor agrees with Giannotti, which is you signed a bunch of schmucks I've never heard I'm of? I'm just saying he's. Uh, there were plenty of guys I remember I played with. I had no idea. I honestly, I didn't even know they were on the team. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, I played with you back. And I'm like, okay, if you say so. Wow. So I think that Francisco Lindor is at that moment where he has no idea other than who he knows. And he's just being polite. He's wow. Being, he's being, he's being, mm, I don't know, boring. Well, <laughs> I, you know what wasn't boring is at the end saying, I think they got another move coming, which makes me happy because I've said for weeks now they need to add one more bat, one more stick, specifically J.D. Martinez, and that Lindor comment sounds like he expects it too. He like also, he's expecting that He move also to said something about, yeah, you know, you never know what's going to happen. A lot of people don't think we're going to be good, but right. look at the Diamondbacks. Well, but that's going to be the code <laughs> answer every franchise right. has in a season in which you don't have high expectations, yes. which is, hey – we can be better than people think, and then when we make the playoffs, we can shock the world. Yes. So you think that's code for we suck? No, I think it's code for I I really don't know a lot of these players who we have. Interesting. Oh, we re, who we brought. They're not gonna I mean they're not gonna be everyday contributors, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But it's not like you went out and got Juan Soto. Right. It's not like you went out and got the elite of the elite. Yeah. And so he's just saying the right thing so that it sounds good. Lindor also said that his elbow was hurt all year last year. Yeah. He revealed that. He said, I got hurt in spring training. I played through it. I had a bad elbow all year. It mostly hurt when I swung and right. missed. Tone spur. It's the same as yeah. It's the same as uh, OG. And he played through it, Lindor, yes. and barely missed any games. I mean, Lindor plays all the time. And I would say, if you ask me, hey, what kind of year did Lindor have last year? I'd say he had a good year. That's what I would say. He did. 30, 30 and 30? Right? I'd say, yeah, I'd say he had a good year. He had his moments. He had his slumps like everybody did. Mm -hmm. But I think Lindor, and I think a lot of players feel this way, look at themselves and say, this is why we're going to be good. Like, I think Lindor looks at himself and, even I, looks at a teammate like Peter at 217 last year and says, you know why we're going to be good? Not because of Luis Severino, not because of Harrison Bader, not because of young prospects that I hope are good. Right. I think we're going to be cause good because I know I'm better. And I know I'm going to be more productive. Yeah. And I know Pete's going to be more productive. And I know McNeil's going to be more productive. And I think that's where their enthusiasm mostly and, comes from. And that's from. what you want from your leader, right? Because he's effectively the, the leader of this team. I think he is, yeah. And so yeah. he speaks for the team. He wants to he he does it willingly. We all know what he went through, but he's he's come through that and he's 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 so much better on the other end of it. And he produces. 
right? He was, a, a, what, a second in gold gloves last year. Uh, he, he hit when he needed to. He's yes, went through some slumps, but, I mean, now we can explain some of those in a, in a way because he, he was banged up and had surgery. It's not like he is complaining, oh, my elbow hurts and I didn't do anything about it. He had surgery this offseason, had a short recovery, and now he seems fine. And so I think Francisco Lindor is the – I don't want to say – because I think more it's more Pete, but Francisco Lindor is really my catalyst for this Mets team. Like he's the one that can't afford to go th- – month a month or month and a half of being bad well you know it's funny i'll answer that this way the mets have four guys in their reliable core brandon nimmo mm-hmm. francisco lindor pete alonzo and jeff mcneil yeah and i would say starling Marte was a part of that but he was so bad last year and yeah. there's certainly uncertainty about what he's going to be this year all four of the guys i mentioned have to be really freaking good mm-hmm and last year they weren't. One of those guys specifically wasn't really freaking good, and that's Jeff McNeil. Right. Brandon Nemo was pretty much the same. Right. Lindor was fine. And Alonzo had a year that, for most humans, is very productive. But I admit, the average was down. I admit he disappeared in June, and the injury was really affecting him. But I think they need all four guys to be really damn good. No, That's what right. they really need. They need right. all four of those guys to go out and play every single day and play 150 games and be massively productive. Especially Pete, because he's trying to get paid. Well, for him, he wants to get paid. Right. You know, Brandon Nemo's already gotten paid. Yeah. Francisco Lindor got paid. And let me just say this Jeff about McNeil Lindor. got paid. Jeff McNeil got paid. Francisco Lindor also got paid before he ever did a damn thing for the Mets. And I'm not holding a grudge against him right, for that. But, but keep that in mind. That's I, why true. I get kind of bitter. Not at Lindor. I like Lindor. But bitter around the idea of I can't wait to pay everybody else, but not the guys that have done I, something for my I, team. But I can't get bitter about that. I'm not a Mets fan, but I can't get bitter about that because Steve Cohen had to do that. He had to show that we're spending money. I, that's why I'm not against the signing. I'm not against trading and re-signing. Him. I'm saying sometimes we're so eager to pay people. Yeah, but it's who all, haven't done anything for us. Yeah, I hear you, but you you just expected it to be. And the problem with like Pete Alonso, it's the same problem with Aaron Judge. You don't have to. You know, I know they didn't have to pay. Don't have to what? You don't have to pay them. But it's smart to. Of course it is. Would the, Yankee, would the Yankees have been smarter to so pay Aaron Judge a little bit more aggressively before free agency? Especially because you're seeing, who was the kid from Baltimore that just got broke off? He's 20, 19, 22 years old, whatever the heck his name is. Right? What do you mean he got broke off? He got paid. Oh, got paid. <laughs> right. I was not I was not aware <laughs> no, of that. No, because the Orioles actually had a big injury today. Yep. Kyle Bradish is yeah, on the IL, that. or he's got that. a UCL issue, and I wish him all the best. He's a young pitcher. He's damn good. who it was. But you're seeing the, te- the teams are changing their philosophies on arbitration. Mm. It's not, all right, we, we got you. You're screwed. Right? You're not going to get paid until you're 29 years old. They're paying guys early. The Braves have been doing it for years. No, it's smart. And so it's it is smart. I wish the Mets were doing that. The but Mets haven't done the that. The Mets and the Yankees haven't crossed that that I don't know that operational. The Yankees have yet. done it on a minor level. They actually did it with Luis Severino many many years ago, and it backfired. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted the Mets to do that with Pete Alonso. It'd be smart. It's smart business. But it's too late now. Well, it's not too late. You can sign a guy a year before they're a free agent. Okay. It's no, happened no, no, no. before, dude, no. and it can happen again. What, what I'm saying is it's too late because you sign those guys, these young kids who have yes. eight ye- or six years of arbitration staring at them at the face. And they're like, dude, I'm going to make a league minimum for six no, years. No, no, it's too late to do it then, but what it's not too late to do is take a gamble. And the Met gamble of paying Alonzo aggressively now engaging in a real negotiation with Scott Boris now is the risk of overpaying what he may not get in free agency, as opposed to letting him get to free agency, where if he's coming off a big year and you get one desperate owner, you have to pay him a lot more. 
I'm willing to take the risk of paying him more now than risking losing him during the offseason because one dumb team said, screw it, here's $300 million. And that's where we differ. And maybe me and some other Met fans differ. David is in Stamford, Connecticut. What's up, David? Evan, Evan, Evan. you got to assume that Boris, coming off of the Otani contract year, is looking at this year and figuring out he's going to reset the market. It's why Blake Snell has not signed yet, because he can't find anybody stupid enough to pay this guy some ridiculous amount of money. And the Mets aren't going to tell you that they've been greeted with a request for 10 years, $400 million. Mm-hmm. But none of us would be surprised if Boris put something stupid out like that. And I don't think the Mets are being cheap here. I think the Mets are being played and are not allowing themselves to be played. And the other thing I'll tell you is that if it's a bad year, I would trade um, um, Pete in the middle of the season. I don't want him to leave my team. But, but so don't let him leave your I, team. But because I, because I, I, I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get a good, I'm a good haul of prospects at that point, and. I'm also realizing that Boris is a mercenary, and mm-hmm. all he is is he's after the highest amount of money. And Steve Cohn is likely to pay the highest amount of money to Pete Alonso. Mm-hmm. I'd rather take that risk and wind up with Alonso back on the team next year and more holes to fill through a bunch of uh, prospects we could get. It's unrealistic, him. and you know that. It's unrealistic no. to think you're going to trade him and then re-sign him at the end of the year. Come yeah. on. Yeah. But it's a different market. You can't look backwards at this point and say that it's never happened before. I didn't say that. But it doesn't happen often is my point. Nothing's impossible. I think it's very unlikely. But you've got an owner who has the deepest pockets in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you've got to think as well, he's probably getting a lot of pushback from a lot of owners right now about how much he potentially is going to drive salaries up with how much he spent last year. There's a lot of variables going on here. I don't think we're being fair to Stearns. I think there's a lot of opportunity for this team to be able to improve. But David, 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 you're making an assumption. It's a clear assumption that Scott Boris is simply asking for something outrageous Mm -hmm. with no room to negotiate. Yeah, we don't know that. I don't know that. Because in the past... You can assume that because that's what he's done. But the only example you can give... Is is Jose Altuve, but Jose Altuve has such a weird history. Well, no, but right? no, no, but you're making an assumption because you want to make an assumption. You're making an assumption that Scott Boris doesn't want to negotiate just because that's what you want to think. Scott Boris could also say, "I can make a quick buck here. If I could get the Mets to pay Pete Alonso two fifty, I'm done. I just stole a client. I worked with him for four months. I got two hundred fifty million dollars. I take my percentage. I'm done." When he's got a billion other free agents to worry about, including Juan Soto, who's going to drive the free agent market next year. So I can play the same game as our last caller and just make an assumption, which is, ah, Scott don't give a damn. He's not trying to reset the market with Pete Alonso. He just wants to get him a payday and get the hell out of here, which may be the case. We don't know what's going on. They both have done a great job of telling us nothing. Mm -hmm. My point is I want to be aggressive if I'm the Mets to try to find a middle ground and get a deal done because if I can get a deal done now, I think that's less of a risk than allowing him to go to free agency. Yeah. Where people have this arrogance of, ah, we'll be the highest bidder. How do you know that? <laughs> you and don't. I know the example's different, but they weren't the highest bidder for Jacob DeGrom. And I know, well, they didn't want him. Well, how do I know they're going to feel the same way about Pete in a year? Right. So I can't make that same assumption that our last caller makes. But that's what people want to do. And I think they do it to make themselves feel better.
That's what I think. I really no, why, do. Why does that make them feel better? Because then you can't blame the Mets. Well, Scott's asking for something unreasonable. What do you want, Evan? You're being irrational. I'm but not being I, irrational. I think, I think Scott's history tells you that that's likely what's happening. He even doesn't though, do that in every even, case. Even so though it's not the same, it's not the case, uh, the way that way in every case. But it, it's more likely than not to be the issue surrounding this team. By the way, the guy I was thinking of was Bobby Witt Jr. Yes. with the Royals. He yes. got broke off. Two yes. twenty-six million or so a year. Yes, and he's twenty-one years old or whatever the heck he is. Nice. I just Googled history of Scott Boris extensions with walk ears. <laughs> Is there a specific Google search for that? Yeah, I got, I got I have like 10 examples. I'm telling you right now, like Altuve isn't the only guy. Right. But Altuve's different. What do you mean he's different? Why is it why? Because Because you want him to be different? No, because Jose Altuve, like, where was he going? That people would love him, dude, and embrace him. Don't forget, he, don't forget how associated he is with that that cheating scandal, right? And how you don't think anyone he, else would have signed? People hated him. Fan bases hated him. He missed an All Star game because he didn't want to get booed, right? Like, think about who we're talking about. So, give me the other examples that Scott Boris took an under market deal, even though twenty five million dollars for a thirty three year old shortstop. Who's who's likely to hit the downside pretty quickly? Exactly, is not under market. <laughs> I was going to say but it's, but it's 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 just he got paid thirty what thirty million dollars a year, thirty five million dollars a year in his last contract. Now it's twenty five million. And by the way, he also got Altuve an extension previously before he never got to free agency in eighteen because right. of the same thing that Scott did. Yeah, maybe he just wanted to be there. Ozzy and Woodridge, what's up, Oz? Hello, guys. How you doing? We're good, Ozzy. Oh, we're fantastic. Happy uh, A-Rod Day Eve to you, Oz. <laughs> yeah, good job with the uh, factual A-Rod receipts thus far. Oh, uh, I got more, buddy. In fact, we're due for a couple more coming up right after this phone call. Yeah, I got I got one for you, too. But Mirror, mirror on the Royd Rats wall. Oh, remember mm. that? Do you know about that? that he made out with himself, himself in a, he made out with himself in a mirror. Don't you think that's great? Promote self confidence. I know. (laughs) Love yourself first, man. Love yourself first. (laughs) Who's the failureist yank of them all? You won a championship, dude. All right. You just fell into the trap, Tiki. Go ahead. Fact. Fact. The 2009 championship was the only title in the Yankee vaunted. Dynasty-ridden history that was not part of a back-to-back mm. or was not part of a three out of five years or four out of six, whatever. Wow! You want to Thank the you, Ozzy. So the A Rod era was a failure. Now I would offer failure. No, 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 no. What? When you compare it to the vaunted dynastic-ridden history of the Yankees. (sighs) It was a failure because his ego and his histrionics on and off the field. Or maybe everybody else just got old. Yeah. Or compare it to the vaunted history of the last 14 years of this town and you realize how awesome it was that we had A-Rod in 09. Well, maybe maybe there's still a stank that stuck (laughs) A-Rod era that they really, really weren't able to get out of for the decade after, because it was quite messy there. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it was messy. By the way, Ozzy, I want you to be the guest of honor, okay. guest of honor right now as we unveil uh, moment number six. It's actually a double moment. It's a double header because I wanted to group them together. Mm-hmm. Which A Rod steroid use do you want to hear first? The one from two thousand nine 
or the one from 2015 with Cousin Yuri? Well, I'm going to take out a quarter, and I'm going to flip it. I love the Coric thing. That was fantastic. Okay. But, right. the, but the Mike Francesa in <laughs> studio lying right to his face. I don't know if this is the audio that you No, have. no, that's coming up later, by the way. Oh, there's a plethora. There's a plethora yeah, this of is the anti this is the juice hour right now. <laughs> we're going, we're ripping out the juice. You guys are being so tickled by this. <laughs> well, we're we're enjoying this before tomorrow, and thank you, Ozzy, because tomorrow's the A Rod celebration. Of course, so it I got to get this out of the way now. Uh, let's go back to A Rod's apology from two thousand and nine. I did I did take a banned substance, and um, you know for that uh, I'm very sorry. You sorry and deeply regretful. And although it was a culture back then, oh, oh, and, oh, uh, oh. and and Major League Baseball overall um, was very. Go ahead. You got it. You got I'm it. I'm just. I just feel that. Um, you can spit it out. You know, I, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry for that <laughs> time. I'm sorry to my fans. Uh, I'm sorry for my fans in Texas. It wasn't until then that I ever thought about substance uh, of any kind. Um, and since then, I've proved uh, to myself and to everyone that I don't need any of that. He doesn't need it. Let's jump six years later to one of my favorites, 2015. My cousin started telling me about a substance that you could purchase over the counter in DR known as, in the streets, is known as Bole. Bole. Or Bole. Bole. It was his understanding it would give me a dramatic energy boost and otherwise harmless. My cousin and I, one more ignorant than the other, decided it was a good idea to start taking it. My cousin would administer it to me, but neither of us knew how to use it properly, providing just how ignorant we both were. Yeah. It was at this point we decided to take it twice a month twice. for about six months. Six months during the 2001, 2002, and 2003 season. It happens, man. It happens. I'll give I you love, the floors. I this. love this man. I love this man. Well, well, for what? Two things. Number one, the fact that, and look, this is I feel this way about any athlete. I don't believe in cheating. However, if you look around and a lot of the sport is doing so and you are willing to cause whatever harmful effects down the line to your body for the good of entertaining and competitiveness... Mm. I am not going to stand in your way. There are other sports that we wow. kind of look the other way on right. this. WWE. Yep. So that's it. So if A-Rod was willing to do that because he, he cared that. your favorite sport right. would catch some shrapnel today, did you? If his will to be the best was competing like that and saying, I need to up the level of this, I appreciate it. Also, what else you heard that you just played it? He stood in front of a microphone not once but twice and had to live with the embarrassment of telling the world that, while like it or not, I'm not going to say any names those in the audience can do, how many years later in 2024 have completely hid from the fact that they did the same as Alex Rodriguez, mm -hmm. and I thank him that he was willing to put whatever he wanted to put in his body to give me a parade. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've waited for, right here at WFAN. The man from Milwaukee. November 20th, 2013. The what man from Milwaukee. Day? Alex Rodriguez walked into this studio. He sat down with the man who this studio is named after. The man from Milwaukee. The great Mike Francesa. So let us go down a little tour of memory lane 
Alex Rodriguez with Mike Francesa on that fateful afternoon, fresh off meeting with Major League Baseball. The to man say, from Milwaukee. I've been wrong. Here it is, the full audio. Well, not the full audio. That'd be an hour. Here's a little bit of the audio of A-Rod and Mike. I banged the table and kicked a briefcase and slammed out of the room and and just felt like the system, I, I knew it was restricted and I, I knew uh, it wasn't fair, but what we saw today is just... Uh, it was disgusting. And the fact that uh, the man from Milwaukee that uh, put this suspension on me with, with not one bit of evidence, something I didn't do, and he doesn't have the courage to come look at me in the eye and tell me this is why I did 211, I shouldn't serve one inning. And this guy should come to, my, to our city. I know he doesn't like New York. I love this city. I love being a Yankee. My daughters grew up in New York. And for this guy, the embarrassment that he's put me and my family through, and he doesn't have the courage to come see me and tell me, this is why I'm going to destroy your career. And I have to explain this to my daughters every day. Oh, thank you, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You heard how much he loved New York, how much it meant to him, and it doesn't matter if he was lying out his teeth. He's right. That was a witch hunt on Alex Rodriguez. I didn't see. Uh, I didn't see them go up to Boston, the right. man from Milwaukee, and do some of the nonsense that was going up there. Thank you, Alex. And also, who doesn't love a ratings boost in afternoon drive at FAM? Exactly. We all loved it. It was yes. worth it. Oh yes. We are sitting here on a beautiful Thursday afternoon in the greatest city of all, New York City. And when we sit here on Thursdays, I always peer at the clock and I say, man, I can't wait till 430 because we're always given that special treat of getting to talk to bad tiki, which we get to do today. Tomorrow is A-Rod Day. We all look forward to the festivities that will include retiring his jersey. I have heard that there are T-shirts here. That we're all required to wear. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. Required to wear? It is required right. wearing tomorrow during the show. I'm good with it. Like, we're getting our anti-A-Rod stuff out of the way today. I will wear the shirt tomorrow. Yep. Stop yeah. being a hater. Yep, that's it. I don't care if you're a Met fan, you're wearing the A-Rod This shirt. is a Yankee shirt, though, right? Uh, it's an A-Rod shirt. Oh, okay. It's an A-Rod shirt. I'm good with wearing it. Like, I, I respect that Sean made a show decision. And his show decision is A-Rod Day. And oh, if he yeah. made shirts, which I commend him for putting this much effort into this show tomorrow, mm-hmm. I respect it enough to wear the shirt. And I expect you to be a team player, Tommy. I'll wear the shirt, right. but what I do after the show with that shirt is my business. <laughs> you can do whatever you want with it after. I'll wipe my patootie with it. I think, we, <laughs> I think we all agree. We'll get to the Yankees coming up, including Marcus Stroman coming into camp. And I have no problem with what he said. But apparently, Sean, as a diehard Yankee fan, has a major issue. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But right now, Bad Tiki is a sentient AI-generated being and is not affiliated with or representative of the real Tiki Barber. The views and opinions expressed by Bad Tiki do not reflect those of Tiki Barber, WFN Odyssey, or its advertisers. Tiki Barber is a real person with his own thoughts, beliefs, and opinions, which are entirely separate from those expressed by Bad Tiki. Listeners and viewers are strongly advised to exercise critical thinking and discernment when engaging with the Bad Tiki segment. Bad Tiki, welcome back. I assume you are finally back from Vegas. Yes, Evan, it was a huge success. Bad Tiki runs Vegas. Hey, by the way, did you guys happen to catch my Super Bowl commercial? No, Bad Tiki. I didn't even know about it. Did any of you guys know about a no, commercial? No, no, no idea. No, no, idea. no. no we all missed it. What was it about, Bad Tiki? Hold on. I think it would just be easier to play it for you guys. Bad Tiki is awesome. The name is Tiki. Bad Tiki. He drives cool cars. Bro! Bro! 
He dates only the hottest chicks. <laughs> Come have a seat next to me, you wild thang. He is incredibly tall. I'm very tall. I need some longer pants. <laughs> and have you seen those biceps? Ah, uh, don't make me flex. Grr. He's more talented than everyone on this show combined. Hey, that's a fact. Try me punk. Especially the fat one. <laughs> Pass the stakes. <laughs> Paid for by the friends of Bad Tiki. Uh, uh, okay, Bad Tiki. Uh, first of all, I don't even know what the hell you were selling. And how in the world did you afford a Super Bowl commercial? Those things are expensive. Great question, regular Tiki. It's educational. I'm just trying to improve the lives of everyday Americans. And as far as paying for it, finances are never a problem for Bad Tiki. I've got millions scattered across all my offshore bank accounts. <laughs> I'm rich AF, and I operate in the shadows. Untraceable Bad Tiki Monai. Oh, hey, Bad Tiki, you probably heard about A-Rod Day tomorrow. How will you be celebrating A-Rod Day? What a great question, Sean. Yesterday during my daily meeting with 1,000 Tikis, we thought about how we could elevate this little project. So joining me now is a very special guest. Please welcome A-I-Rod. Thanks, Bad Tiki. <laughs> Hello, Evan, regular Tiki and Sean. It's a pleasure for you to be here today. I am me and A.I. Rod. What the? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Hold on a second. What a surprise. I mean, it's not to have you, A.I. Rod. How does it feel to have a day honoring the great Alex Rodriguez here in New York? So much pleasure. Need more input. Take me through this. Happy. Wow, A.I. Rod, that was so insightful. You guys are really lucky to get to talk to him. Ask him anything. Okay, uh, A.I. Rod, um, what do you think about the actual A.Rod's number being retired in Monument Park? Emotion, thrilling, importance. Someone please help me. What an honor. Yankees. Hold on, guys. Let me unplug him and plug him back in. This might take a minute. Okay, while he's restarting, let me mention again, tomorrow is A-Rod Day right here in Evan and Tiki. I got to make a major show decision, so I decided we are honoring Alex Rodriguez, and we are retiring his number 13 right here in the studio. Great question, Sean. I'm glad we have some time to speak. You are a board op. You shouldn't talk as much as you do. The only decision you should get to make is how much mayo goes on your cheesecake. By the way, Fleetwood fat, it's way too much. Thanks for that restart, Bad Tiki. AI Rod is back online. <laughs> and mayo goes on cheese steak, by the way. Well, that's great, AI Rod. Can you tell us about the relationship between Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter? Thanks, Evan. That's, that's a great question. We had a complex relationship during our time playing together on the New York Yankees. We were both highly competitive individuals with a shared goal of winning championships for the team. While there were moments of camaraderie and mutual respect on the field, our relationship off the field had its challenges. There were periods of tension and rivalry fueled by media speculation and personal differences. However, as time passed and we both transitioned out of our playing careers, we found a level of mutual understanding and respect for each other's accomplishments and contributions to the game of baseball. What Ultimately, our shared experiences as teammates and competitors have forged a bond that transcends any differences we may have had in the past. Again, great question. Well said, AI Rod. I told you I would elevate this amateur hour. I mean, okay. First of all, is he A-Rod or is he A-I-Rod? I'm confused. I think right? he's A-I-Rod. But I know, but 
that answer was like it was a rod all right ai rod <laughs> how is your current relationship with the new york yankees regular tiki excellent question two double cheeseburgers <laughs> one small fry with no salt and chicken nuggies extra light bulbs and also one slice of cheesecake don't go easy on the mayo love that mayo cheesecake input prompt I, ha, 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 ha. All right, guys, you've wasted enough of his time today. He's a very busy man. AI Rod just accepted a position as the new analytics manager of every single MLB team. AI Rod. Zero, zero, one, zero, 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 A calculator, zero, zero, one, zero, zero. Zero and silver, zero, zero, a sound. Okay, AI Rod, it's been a long day. These punks aren't worth any more of your time. We have to go train. We've been preparing for our debut on WWE Raw. Bad Tiki and AI Rod will soon be tag team champions of the world. Bad Tiki and I Rod have two words for you. Suck it. Enjoy a Rod day, you nerds. Bad Tiki out. What just what? happened? I don't know. Why are they eating mayo cheese? And why are they now on WWE Raw? <laughs> what are they doing on Raw? I'm just don't, that, that was that a Rod? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like what the hell was that? I don't know. He kept short circuiting too. Oh, right, it was bad programming, bad oh coding. That was crazy. Didn't well, figure out Java yet? I mean, he had that great answer about the relationship <laughs> between him and Jeter. That was insane. that was great. That's why I said it. it sounded like that was actually a Rod. I, I mean, it may have been. I don't even know. But the wheels fell off after that. Yeah. yeah. Bad Tiki is a sentient IA generated being. It is not affiliated with or representative of the real Tiki Barber. The views and opinions expressed by Bad Tiki. Do not reflect those of Tiki Barber, WFN, Odyssey, or its advertisers. Tiki Barber is a real person with his own thoughts, beliefs, and opinions, which are entirely separate from those expressed by Bad Tiki. Listeners and viewers are strongly advised to exercise critical thinking and discernment when engaging with the Bad Tiki segment. So, Marcus Stroman got to Yankee camp today. And <laughs> what a pivot. I mean, what do you want me to do? Marcus Stroman came to Yankee camp today, and... I I don't dislike Marcus Stroman. I don't respect Marcus Stroman. I think he's a damn good pitcher. I thought it was a good signing by the Yankees. It was a, a quality risk, especially when you look at the contract they gave him. Marcus Stroman, to some Yankee fans, is a guy that they don't like for whatever reason. Maybe it's the beef from social media over the last few years. Whatever the reason it is. But that beef was just with Cashman. And how Cashman characterized him. He would also argue with Yankee fans. Yeah, but that was it was all based on this beef that Cash had about. Uh, and he took shots at the Yankees, which, by the way, most Yankee fans agreed with. I agree with you, by right. the way. Okay. I don't have an issue with him. And today he came in and met the media. And I want to play this for you because I was pumped up. Like, I heard what Marcus Stroman said, and I was like, man, if I'm a Yankee fan, I would be so excited about what he said. Sean, who is a Yankee fan, was pissed off by yeah. what he said which I think is, like, crazy. So here's Marcus Stroman. Obviously, as a Yankee fan, decide for yourself, are you pissed off, are you pumped up? And then Sean will, I guess, explain to us why the heck he was annoyed by this. This is a situation I didn't think I'd be in at all. You know what I mean? But it's a situation that has excited me more than anybody knows. You know, when Cashman calls and says he wants you to play for the Yankees, that's like, it gives you chills. When Aaron Judge calls you and tells you he wants you to play for the Yankees, it gives you chills. You know, when everyone reaches out and tells you that they want you to be a part of this organization, you know what I mean? That puts you. That puts me. I'm getting chills right now. Like I can't wait to go out there. Um, yeah, I really can't wait. It's hard for me to put into words, but it, like I know I'm probably going to be slated third in the rotation, and that will line me up for the home opener against the Toronto Blue Jays. So hmm. I, I just love moments like that, and I feel like I'm the one to be in big moments like that, and I can't wait to to feel the energy of the crowd. 
So here's what I heard. I heard a guy that says, hey, I didn't really expect this, but this is so amazing. I'm mm-hmm. here. Aaron Judge wanted me. Everybody wanted me. He even knows when he's going to start, which I thought was really fascinating. So, well, I think even more so, he's not saying they signed me this offseason. I'm the man. Put me right behind the Cy Young winner. He's saying, yeah, Carlos Rodon is probably two. He said he's I'm the three. third starter, yeah. I mean, that's 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 it's that's awareness. So what's the issue? Right. Why, I heard why are you so upset here, Sean? I heard nothing from that that would annoy me I'm, if I'm a Yankee fan. I'm going to try to take a deep breath because he's in pinstripes and I want to root for him. Can we just be in a no-chill zone? It's February 15th. You're entering camp. And by the way, if, if you were told you're the third starter, that's fine. He should know if he was a lifelong Yankee fan. And he showed up with a cool retro World Series cap today. How big an honor and a deal it is. And I think he does respect that starting the home opener is at Yankee Stadium. All I am saying is you got a month and a half for us to figure this out. Can you maybe say, hey, right now uh, I'm being told I'm third in line. But he's I'm excited. Like, this is my should... point. I'm cool with him being excited, but you don't have to be excited on microphone. Don't rub everybody the wrong way. Let's show uh, that you're better than Nestor Cortez. How, the the wrong... how is he rubbing you the wrong way? Because we've had a couple guys that are fan favorites here. Like, to me, if Nestor Cortez and him are neck and neck, I'd rather see him start the home opener. It's a, it's a big honor. Yeah. What do you mean, what? The guy was an all-star. Let's not pretend. Hold on, hold on. You're upset. Because I'm really trying to figure this yeah, out. And right. I want to be open-minded. You're upset that Marcus Stroman said he's starting the home opener? That's yes. what bothered you from all of that. It, it is because I don't think you should be saying any of that on a microphone, Do even you if not you're excited. Want him to start the home opener. Well, no, if he earns it in camp and and earns he's it been, in camp, that's how he's got to earn it in camp. He's got to like what pitch well, great in spring here. training games that don't count. Well, calm down. What is Marcus, that? Mean? Marcus Stroman, by the way, is not being paid like Rodon and Cole, which is a big part of it. By the way, he might be better than Carlos Rodon, so I'll say that he's bending the knee a little bit. I'm not sure that he's better than Nestor Cortez Nestor right Cortez. And Nestor Cortez is a guy we love as Yankee fans. If he has the opportunity on a big comeback to start the home opener, and he's really, you know, in line to be the starter, I'm okay. fine. All right, so do you want to love Marcus Stroman? I do, but you know what? The, Tiki, I'm going to give you the equivalent here. Okay. We all know these people. He is the, um, the female in your life, that, it's not directly in your life, that's on Facebook that gets pregnant. And what's the first thing? They, do? they can't wait. To tell you when their gender reveal party is, and it's like, yo, what? just chill. No, we don't, come on. we don't need the invite no. yet to a gender reveal. Hold just on. take a deep Marcus breath. Strowman here. wanted to be a Yankee. Sure, he grew up a Yankee fan, maybe, but he grew up a Yankee fan, and he wants to be a Yankee, and he wanted to be a Yankee. Is why he was so upset when he was with the Mets or he got traded to the Mets instead of the Yankees, and Cass made him. I don't know, he emasculated him by saying he wasn't really a starter. Difference he, maker, right, I think, was the way for it. Yeah. He, yeah. he got pissed off about it, last out on social media, as that generation is wont to do, and it's come back around because him and Cass seem tight. He's calling by, like, his nickname. Yeah, Cass reaches out, wants me to play here. I'm excited. He's excited. He Let should him be. be excited. But here's Why the- not, like, take that energy and go with him? Don't put him in chill mode. So there's a fo- with him. There's a follow up to this in a second. But I'm just saying, if we go through there, and it's obvious that Nestor Cortez has been the better pitcher in spring training. Oh stop! You don't think he should? What do you mean? Oh stop! You don't think he's earned more as a no. Yankee to start? Nestor Cortez, you nuts okay, if you don't well, think that. Let's take a deep breath about this, okay? Garrett Cole's the opening day starter. Right. We all know that mm-hmm. he's the ace of the team. More on him in a right. few minutes because he took shots at his teammates that I really, really respect. Right. But we'll get to that. So we know Garrett Cole starting opening day. Marcus Stroman walks through that door, knows that, knows Gary Cole's the ace, looks around, and very easily could have been egotistical and said, Carlos Verdon sucks. Right. He didn't play last year, He barely pitched. When he did, he wasn't any good. I'm the number two. He probably was told by Aaron Boone, I assume this, hey, Marcus, great to have you. 
want to prepare you for the start of the year. Just know you're our third guy. And that doesn't mean you're the, we rank you third. It means mm-hmm. you're going to start the third game I of just, the season. I need to pause you there. Boone, by the way, I'm assuming if he's a good manager, which we like Boone, probably said, hey, if all goes according to plan, Correct. should be the third starter. But according to plan could be, you know, Strowman just doesn't look great. That doesn't spring. matter, dude. Sure it does. No, I'll tell you what matters. Because now he's no. put himself in a spot where no. if he's not the home opener starter. Oh, stop. You don't think he's going to complain? No, I think that a lot of teams, and I think the Yankees are doing it, I'm making an assumption here, say Garrett Cole's our starter, our number opening day starter, Redon will go day two as a lefty, Stroman will go game three as a righty, mm-hmm. back to the lefty with Cortez in game four, Clark in game five. They like to split up the lefties. I, I think that. it's overrated, but whatever. That's probably what they're doing. It's a baseball thing. Boone, being the communicable manager he is, is telling everybody, hey, right. listen, here's how we're going to do this, assuming health. You get day one, you get day two, then you get tell day three. Why? He's excited. To, to his point, he's excited. I'm. F- By the way, you don't think the 24 other guys on the team aren't excited about everything So going you're on? upset he spoiled he's, weird because the rotation? He's, he's giddy. This is my point about, and I was making the long with the gender reveal. He's an oversharer. A lot. Oh, my God. Um, and by the way, you don't think so? Let's pivot to what Marcus Stroman did after that today. What did he do after that? Marcus Stroman took to Instagram. And why he had to say this on Instagram, I don't know. This is the exact quote. It's in print. Locked in for season. Ring chasing with the squad. No time for nonsense. To all my family, friends, and acquaintances, I'm sorry if I don't reply to messages or respond to missed calls. I'm busy. Love you, though. Talk to you all around Thanksgiving. Time to get to work. Dude, that's awesome. You're right. By the way, let me stop you right there. You're confusing me as a Yankee fan right Uh, now. Full disclosure, (laughs) that is awesome. Within 24 hours, Marcus Stroman is going to be back on Instagram. That's the issue. He's just full of crap. You don't know He's that. Full, he can't he help could be himself. Like a lot of athletes in this generation that just need to communicate. He's, he's just the, need to say, "Look at me. This is what I have going on. Get excited with me." How many likes does that have? Uh, it was, it in was a story. story. Oh. He is the person on Facebook that changes their relationship status every other day, and they're full of drama. Like, I just want him to chill, man. Okay. Already on day one of camp, he just can't help okay, himself. I'm going to be the home opener starter. Calm down. The one thing I complain about with Major League Baseball players often, and yeah. I did it a couple days ago, yeah. they are not visible. They do not have personalities that we see or know about. I think Marcus Stroman is going to tell us exactly who he is. And if he performs like we expect him to, like he's kind of short-term paid to do, then we're going to love Marcus Stroman because he is accessible, because he he tells you what he's feeling. Mm. I think that's important. Don't you think that? I think it's a great, great attribute. I also think that yes he's... No. I mean, it's risky if he if he's bad. Sure, look, right? it's over. But, but that's the problem. But you this... can't make that assumption. You but... can't... In your mm. mind, I'm talking about from an athlete standpoint. You can't say, "Oh, I better be, I better be cautious. I better chill," as Sean is is is, is suggesting. I better chill because if I'm bad, this is really going to come back to bite me. You don't think that well, way. Here's the thing, though. He's the one guy, though, Tiki, because his track record in history tells us that this isn't the first time he's been active like this. This is who he is, and this is part of the negative. But when things have gone bad, he's the first one not to say, "Hey, I'm ignoring everything," and fight with you and explain, you know, this, that, and the other. But he hasn't done it yet. But he started his whole career, and now we're already seeing the breadcrumbs on day one, and he's going to continue to do it here. One thing I think we How can't you see that? We got to live life. We're not angry about things that haven't happened yet. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, my God. What am I angry about that hasn't happened yet? Oh, my God. I can see in your eyes you think I'm a hypocrite. We did the first hour and a half on why the Mets have not signed Pete Alonso yet. Okay? And you, and I gave you credit. 
because you were seeing the forest through the trees. You were saying, hey, I don't want to risk this down the line. You were forecasting something because, as you pointed to with the Jacob deGrom thing, you saw it play out. Yeah. I have seen the Marcus Stroman story play out. This is nothing new. In the end, he ends up fighting with everybody, getting a snip. He can't help himself. I just want him to chill Come on, it's on social... That's, it is. That's you can't deny different. this is who he's Me been. Me projecting free agency is far different than you assuming the worst with Marcus Stroman. What he did today, and I am not a Yankee fan, but I am honest. I'm an IBO when I need to be. What he did today was bad a thousand talking to Yankee fans. Oh, mm-hmm. He I, gave you the goosebumps. He gave you the excitement. He gave you the hat. No, he wore a World flash. Series hat from 96. What? Newsflash. Most Yankee fans from the early returns, not feeling that from Stroman today. Okay. They want him to chill. I'll tell you the other thing I liked, and this is uh, something that makes me proud. I was made fun of many, many times over Tiki. Why? For right, charting so. out the Grom starts. I'd put it out on a little I'm calendar. I'm a loser. And I'd know, okay, Jake's scheduled to make this start, that start, this start, that start. He'll have this amount of starts. Yeah. He used to chart it out. and always be, alert! It would always be the kiss of death because he'd always get hurt. Yes. <laughs> Marcus Stroman is me. Marcus Stroman's me, except he's actually doing it as opposed to watching yeah. it. And he went to, by the way, and he went to Duke. He went to community college. But yeah, he's like that. Doesn't help my case. I don't want Evan Roberts <laughs> pitching third for the Yankees. <laughs> but, he's, but he's excited. Yeah, like he's je- I, what I got from him is excited. I'm excited to be a Yankee, and I'm really excited about the honor of pitching the home opener, which it's a real honor. Yankee Stadium. You're right. Here's the thing, though. We sit here on February 15th. He saw the Instagram message, and now we've seen this. I want Marcus Stroman from this point forward to have a lights out spring, come out, start the home opener, all that works out. And we don't hear from him again on Instagram because he is that focused. My point is I'm already seeing this and I've seen his career before. I don't trust that that's going to happen. I'm already seeing that he's not chilling. We need a chill Marcus Stroman here. We need a good Marcus Stroman. Yeah. By the way, there's seven games before opening day. Who knows if something happens? Something probably will happen. Right. The only thing that would likely make this the rotation is the Yankees open in domes, so there's no rainout possibility. Mm, so you don't yes. have that potential yes. to F it up. They're opening in Houston and then Arizona. But in terms of the math, I it is checked out. If Marcus Stroman is the third starter, right. he will pitch the home opener <laughs> at Yankee Stadium. And you know what else is interesting? I looked this up. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Yankees have had so many season openers at Yankee Stadium over the last few years that the last time they opened on the road, so the home opener would then be in front. I'm taking 2020 out, obviously, because... Would be a week later. Yeah, so they haven't had a non-Garrett Cole... I can tell you, starter. ...home opener starter since 2019, and that person was Jordan Montgomery. Oh, that was Montgomery. I thought that was the Pineda one where it was like 70 degrees out of nowhere. No, that, well, I, quick research, 2019. Okay. So excluding 2020 because there were no fans there, mm-hmm. the Yankees have had openers at Yankee Stadium. So it's always been straight up opening day. This year's a little awkward because they're starting in Houston, and so you get your first six, seven games on the road. It's seven games on the road, yep. and then Four they play at Yankee Stadium. So it's the first time we've seen this in a while, but good for Marcus. He should be excited. That's a great opportunity yeah. to pitch the opener. And, but, and, and it's and, against his former team. Which, yes, he pointed that out. I think so that I, matters. Look, I don't know. If if Aaron Boone has like said to him, you're the third starter. I think it's what Evans talking about. He's just doing the geek math in his head. I'm serious. No, he's like, oh, I'm the third guy because he said it. Like I'm, just, I'm going to assume that I'm the third guy. He was deferring to Carlos Rodon. Mm. I'm, I'm and I'm excited about that. Yeah, Sean wants him to defer to Nesta Cortez too. While he's at it. By the way, you got it wrong. Tanaka started that game. Which one? 2019. Yeah. Oh, I guess I got it wrong. 
Let's see if my research is wrong. Well, not guess, because he said you were wrong. So. Oh, yeah. Seems like what I'm looking at that I'm right. March 28th versus the Baltimore Orioles. They started the season at home. In what year? 2019. Oh, my apologies. I jumped to 2018. Okay, you're right. I, I take my L. Let's go to Michael in Staten Island. What's up, Michael? Hey, how are you? A big Yankee fan, but, uh, you know, I'm getting no goosebumps from Stroman. I agree with him. Why? Uh, it, it seems phony. It seems like... Why does it uh, seem you know, phony? What's, what's fake about it? It seems like... It seems like when things are going to go bad, because they are going to go bad, it's going to be the complete opposite, and you're not going to want him on your team. And that's why he's like a typical Matt. <laughs> he takes me. I love you, Michael. You take a shot at my team. We're not even talking about them. Was he a Yankee fan, or was he a Met fan? No, he's a Yankee fan. Or because did he, or did he, he say he was a Yankee fan? No, no, he's a Yankee fan who took a shot at the Met saying yeah. this is why it's going to go bad, because he's a typical Met. The problem with Michael, the problem with Sean, is you guys are projecting the bad things that you don't even know will happen. Yeah. That's a problem. But we are projecting with, what do you call it, empirical evidence of his career? I think that was well executed, right, Tiki? Um, somewhat. <laughs> yeah, it is educated off of the evidence no. we've seen from his career. Empirical is statistics. <laughs> it's numbers. So it's, it's like data. data. It's right. data. Well, all right. No, it's not. So it's not technically data, but the yeah. data, if you think about it, from what he does on social media in his career, would tell you that we're already down a bad road. More of your calls coming up next, 877-337-6666. Oh, we got a lot to do over the next hour and a half. Garrett Cole's calling out teammates. More of your calls and why the Mets are screwing up by not being more aggressive and extending Pete Alonso. And more anti-A-Rod moments on the eve of A-Rod Day, but it is 5 o'clock. Cinco de Fivo with Evan and Tiki on The Fan. Cinco de Fivo is brought to you by Helix Wireless, connecting everything everywhere, and by Wendy's. Try the new Pretzel Baconator today. Yesterday, we opened the show with which team is closest to a championship, and it got me spinning the wheels to think about the players that have won titles here and I'm going to give you, in my opinion, the five greatest players to win a singular championship for a New York team. Oh, Jesus. Mm. I know where this is going. Here we go. Here we go! <laughs> Number five. A singular. singular. It, it's CC Sabathia. Hey. The missing ace the 9 Yankees needed. You respect my friend more. He needs to be higher. Oh, I keep going. There's a good list keep coming. Going. Okay. I, by the way, I love CC Sabathia. I love CC too. I mean, great respect for him. I'm not even sure he's in the top five. I'll stop. That's not a knock on him. So you take that as a knock, but he's, he's gonna cancel on us for <laughs> no. First of all, we didn't reveal any guts yet tomorrow. Here we go. Number four. CC's one of the greatest Yankees of all time, and he should be number one on your list. Thank go ahead. You. Sorry. All right, I struggled with this one, but it's Daryl Strawberry. Hmm. Now he has more rings with the better New York team. I, uh, thank you for the respect, at least. But. For the Mets, 86, I know he wasn't yet present as the big leader, but he's the young, big bopper. By the way, Tiki, that's why I was going to have an issue with a guy like CeCe. No offense yeah. to him. It's because the Mets the have impact, so many right. of those the one championship one guys. guys. Yeah. 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 Like well, he's you, gonna... could, you could do five from the, from the 86 Mets. Well, and the problem is, preemptively, Sean completely screwed this up because right. there, there are so many legends that won a singular title I, I that know. he's not going to include. I know. And it's going to piss off everyone over the age of 67. Yeah. By the way, that's fine. That's the point of single day five. We debate the list. Mm. Okay. Here we piss, go. To piss it's, off it's, older it's in his view and age. Yeah. And by the way. Here we go. Number three. I was born in May of 87. Huh? Yeah, so that doesn't even work. doesn't even count. Yeah. That being said, speaking of older people, number three is Joe Namath. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, yes, I know, Lugar. I'm switching up the list on the fly. I realize I've made a mistake. Joe, 
Joe Namath was originally number two on my list. He's oh. now number three. Really? Oh. Dropped yeah. the spot. He dropped the spot in the last five minutes. Uh, Super Bowl three. clearly, obviously, the Jets are not only still chasing a ring since then, they're also chasing a quarterback. <laughs> Dude, he may be, of all the guys that won one title, he may be the most infamous for that one title. Yes, all right. exactly. All right, here we go. Number two. It's Mark Messier. Dude, you've really screwed this yeah. up. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. He's the captain that was brought here. He snapped the curse, the 1940 curse. Bro, I got so many issues with you right now. You but don't even know who's number one yet. Yeah, I know who's not number one. I know who's not number one. Okay. Maybe you don't. No. Nope. Number one. It's Alex Rodriguez. No, it's, it's not yes. A-Rod. Have you ever heard of a guy, I'm going to tell you his name. So you fixed it with Joe Namath, but you didn't fix it with George Thomas Seaver. The franchise. Hello? He's number six. He's number six. And he can't even claim I wasn't born then. Because you know why? No. Because he wasn't born for, Look, for, 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 for you get You got your Daryl Strawberry Nugget. I'm sorry. Strawberry either. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Tom Seaver's six. I hate to do it. CC was a better Yankee than Seaver was a Met. Plexico Burris? <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the problem not. is, it was hard. I know. Like, Dude, I could have done Cruz in 2003. I was going to say, wait, you're going to kill me, Mr. Giant, for not including a giant? I thought this was, was very fair. <laughs> All just so you could put A Rod number one. Yes. But, wait, has anyone in the history of sports shaken a narrative that they were bad in the big spot and then put a team on their back to win a chance? That's why he's number one, because you, it's a narrative shaker, too. If you want to frame it that way, I totally get where you're coming from. Alex Rodriguez, and we've already had a few of these moments was a choke artist in the postseason to many Yankee fans mm. for what happened in the LCS in 04. He was actually good in the division series in 04, but from game four on, he kind of choked in 04, was terrible in 05, was terrible in 06. We got a big moment from that coming up. Mm-hmm. was terrible in 07, Dude, and I, then 09, yeah. I have three Yankees. I have three Giants for Th- you. There's a Hall of Famer obvious, Strahan. No, Strahan. no, guys. Sean O'Hara. Guys, I love those Antonio giant teams. Pierce. Unfortunately, Keith Hernandez, Gary Carter, like Jerry Doc Kuzman, Gooden. Doc Gooden. I mean, you want to play that game? Un- want to go Mets Giants, Tiki? Let's go. Bring it on, bitch. The giant championships being so close Sorry, together to and several guys only winning one right. on each team hurt hurt them in, okay. in my mind. All right, get out of here. I, I hated that. Little All right, one. Tom Seaver, six. And old people, you're welcome for Namath. And by the way, you're not wrong about guys that you mentioned. Yeah. It's just that his list was so insulting to our intelligence. I was just trying to think. I mean, you got to at least go with the Hall of Famers. So Strahan, at the very least. Tom Seaver, at, the, Seaver very at least. the very least. I agree with you. I'm trying to think who are the other Hall of Famers that we just mentioned. Well, I would take, no offense to Daryl Strawberry, I would take him out because of that. Because you got to have Tom Seaver. Gary Carter. Yeah. Right? I'd probably put Keith over Gary, but it's tough. Like, they're basically equal. Yeah, but, I'm but Keith like, came first. Like, I'm just saying, do the Hall of Famers. No, no, yeah, I but the it. list was not the 586 Mets on the list, Evan. Get over <laughs> it. You got Daryl Strawberry. Move on. Well, you're giving it to me like it's a charity case. Well, because to be honest, I you know, I couldn't uh, put straight hand over straw. Stop it. Anyhow, let's cleanse ourselves with some A-Rod controversies. I take you back to that same infamous Mike Francesa interview from November 20th, 2013. This is not about steroids. This is about Alex Rodriguez being accused of hitting on women mm. by creative means. Somebody said I signed the ball. Put your, number, I guess your phone number on it. Give yeah. it to a cute girl. Right. I mean, I, I I know I'm struggling, but I'm not doing that bad. I'm not worried about you with the girls either. I'm not worried about the home I mean, runs or the girls. Hey, Mike's not worried about the home all right, runs. All right. why, why, are we, why are we knocking that at all? I, that I'm, might be the greatest Mac move ever. <laughs> he should be celebrated ever. again for that. 100%. Every single man in the world would do that. Tiki, if can you I, could. Can I return? Good looking. 
Latin, strapping, rich. And you saw the girls too, right? I did not see the girls. Nah, yeah, this is good. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm, I, I get it. I'm just saying it. I understand. Here's the problem. Can I can I retort you with this? Go ahead. It, the problem wasn't giving the baseballs to these beautiful women with his number. The problem was when he did it. He didn't do it on a Tuesday night against the then Devil Rays. Mm-hmm. He did it during game one of the ALCS. Well, that's when the cuter girls show up. <laughs> He's right. I like where your head's at. Right. He's right. Yeah. Wait a second. Even you're right. No, I actually, I. Hear me out. Look, it's a, it's, a, it's a more expensive ticket. So it's likely someone who's not like gold digging. She's there, and she had to pay for it. So she's she's sitting there. She's maybe, a, a, I don't know, has a good job. She could be a vice president or something somewhere. And he's, you know, he's just trying to pick from good stock. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm right that's about it. Is that where you were going, Lugie? No, that's not where I was going. And I wasn't going where Evan was going. A-Rod could walk out of the stadium and trip over 15 beautiful women. He doesn't have to go to the extent of throwing a baseball with his phone number on it. That's something like I would do or you would do. No, 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 no. Well, that, shouldn't that bring him down to you? Like, he's 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 like you. But, but also, you should appreciate No, no, that. Lugie, Lugie, you got this wrong. If he looked up, and we've all probably had that moment pre-marriage, you're like, wow, that girl's, like, beautiful. That might be the only time in the world he's got a chance to talk to that girl. Great. Point. Typically, Great point. how else is he going to do it? Shot, Look man. around. I'm going to shoot, shoot my shot, shot with, a, with a baseball. Here's the real question. And I, if, if you always were married or had a girlfriend, I know it's impossible to answer. So yeah. you have to probably do a hypothetical, which is fine. Mm-hmm. If you're playing in a NFL playoff game <laughs> and you're on the sideline because the defense is on the field right. and you're happily single and you notice an attractive girl in the first row, yeah. are you autographing the football and handing it to her? No, I'm talking to my ball boy, being like, hey, Timmy, go uh, go peep that out. Build that ass get, first. Get that number for me. <laughs> All right, then. You know what? You're on Team a like, That's what I'm saying. You have a stooge. You have guys like that. Like, even now, if you two guys were single, you'd be like, Loogie, go hook it up. Like, go talk to the girl. That's what I'm here for. Like, A-Rod had to have somebody. This guy's throwing the baseball. He's the most popular guy, famous guy on the team. It's like, I think it's just about him being, he wanted to get caught. So then why did he deny it? Why didn't he just say, yeah, I'm Because I think he was single at the time, in fairness. Why not just say, hey, yeah, I did do it, Mike. What's, what's, it's a Mac move. What do you want from me? I just think that's Maybe the way you want to have that conversation with Mac, with, uh, with, with Mike. Oh, here <laughs> Or maybe I'm just I don't know. Maybe he was seeing somebody else on the Uh, wall, and then that girl answered him. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. That's what it is. You nailed it. You nailed it, Sean. I speak A Rod. I will say this though: A Rod ahead of his time. Now athletes slip in the DMs. You didn't have social media back then, so that was like slipping in the DMs. Is it not the same thing? Nobody knows except for you. All right, you won me over. The problem is it's the <laughs> ALCS. He wasn't doing it Who on cares? a Tuesday in April. Who game one. Cares? He's game a baseball one. player. There's so much downtime. No. It's game one. He was he was eight players away from, you know, being up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't even know that. I don't, I don't, know. I don't I think, know either. I think he was benched at that point, but whatever. Uh, I'll give you another one. May 30th, 2007. First to play-by-play. It has now been called... The Ha Incident. There go the runners. The pitch is on the way. And Masala lifts a high, high pop-up. Howie Clark on the left side of the infield is there. And the ball falls in. And the Yankees are going to get another run as Matsui scores from second. How about that? It's now 8-5. to five. What happened? Posada... And McDonald is arguing with Alex Rodriguez. 
And I think I know why. Why? A-Rod might have said, I got it about right here, and Clark let it go. <laughs> and John McDonald is really hot at Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> He wanted to go at A-Rod, and now John Gibbons is coming out of the dugout. He's saying, I didn't call the ball. He didn't call the ball. So A-Rod's accused of saying, I got it, and that is a Bush League play, according to many. This was... This was May of 2007. This was a week of Sports Talk Radio. Mm. A week. Is it Bush League? Did he do it? What was the consensus? Well, first we or had was to... was there not one? The problem was Alex Rodriguez, after the game, had an answer. Okay. And his answer was to deny he ever said, I got it. Instead, he said something else. Yeah, I just said, huh. I mean, I was... I said, huh, that's it. I mean, I was actually uh, almost past their base. I was surprised when the ball bounced. They're, they're claiming that you yelled mine. No, I would never say that. That's not true. <laughs> now, maybe that's a little bit out of line. You know, but, you know, in a situation like that, that play happens to me three, four times a week, uh, except it's not a third base. It's over by the dugout in foul territory. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So, right, so, so apparently people do it to him. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of A-Rod. He first says... I never said I got it. That That's wrong. Like, that's bad. I can't do that. All I said was, ha. But then he pivoted to say, this happens to me all the time. Like, what's the big deal? Oh, he's the best. He's the best. Right. He's the best. By the way, we've all done that on the wiffle ball field, little league. Kids used to emulate it. Good for him. He was trying to get an edge. Jabberwocky. Yeah. The problem is, every- look, this You're is what. Miss. Catch the freaking ball, Pinky! (laughs) To answer your question, you said, what was the consensus? Here was the consensus the next day on the air. I was doing Middays with Joe, just started. Mike and Chris were still in their heyday before Chris said, I can't work with them anymore. (laughs) And the consensus was, why does this kind of stuff always happen with him? Always? That was the happened? Well, every controversy. Like, it felt, and this is 2007, so we're still early on, but that was the consensus. The consensus was, how come this would never happen with Derek Jeter? How come? That was the consensus. Mm-hmm. How come John McDonald, who we tried to track down today to come on the show, <laughs> that was my dream. My white whale was joining us right now in middle infielder no one's ever heard of. Here's John McDonald. What did Alex really do? Could not find him. I don't know if he wants to talk about it. I think he's still enraged that Alex Rodriguez screamed hot. Still enraged? Yeah, very upset. 20 years ago. Listen, man, I tried to track him down, and I just... Uh, he's, Has I'm he like, ever talked about it? Yeah, I think that day he talked about it. But there it. had to be some, like, post-mortem on that from him. <laughs> it had to have been. Yeah, then he started, you know, in the minor leagues and nobody cared. <laughs> but I think the consensus was, why does controversy always follow him? And that was the amazing thing. Like, why does it always find them? People have an agenda. Controversy always follows the stars. Yeah. Ryan is down in Virginia. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, guys. I can't believe I'm going to do this. Diehard Mets fan. You'll never hear me talk good about Alex Rodriguez. However, Uh-oh. I'm pretty sure Justin Verlander did the same thing, and he's now married to Kate There Upton. you go. Justin Verlander. There you go, Ryan. Wait, that's true? That's how Justin Verlander met Kate Upton? Like, give- I don't know if his number was on the ball, but before they were dating, there's a video of him rolling a ball across the dugout. and Oh, I remember that. smiled, and she was cheeky. And then he was smiling like, oh, yeah, I'm the man now. And what now game? What, do you know what game it was, Ryan? Was it in like a regular season game? He was in Houston the first time 
It was before they were dating. That's all I know. I it remember the video. Detroit, I think. I but not Houston. I yeah, it had, to be, it had to be before he got Yeah, it was Houston. when he was on the Tigers. Yeah, this is BS, by the way. It was 2014. I'm watching him roll the ball. Yeah, here's why it's BS. It was 2014? Yeah. Okay. It was actually at Yankee Stadium. She okay. was front row. Okay. I'm going to tell you the truth now. Go ahead. Kate Upton and Justin Verlander met on the set of a video game commercial back in 2012. Mm-hmm. They had already known each other. They were already friends. Okay, so then why and, did he have to roll her a ball? Because he was probably effing with Evan. everybody, thinking, hey, look what no. A-Rod couldn't do. Watch Evan. me do it, even though it was all staff. Evan, this or, is where you uh, half read something. Go okay? ahead. Because I went down the rabbit hole here. He met her there. They acknowledged that they met there. They went their separate ways. The moral of the story is, wow, we met back then. You were my future husband. They had not seen her talk to each other, but he was infatuated with her until he showed up at Yankee Stadium and she was sitting front row and he flipped her a baseball kind of, do you remember me? And from there, their relationship took off. Wow, some may argue that Justin Verlander was inspired by Alex Rodriguez. And at Yankee Stadium. Alex, you're a genius. Now I know this beautiful Sports Illustrated model who I've been daydreaming about for two years. I now have a way to get interact with her. I get this. So it's appropriate for me to like talk to her right now, but I'm gonna roll you a ball. I kind of get this. No way he would sign it. You're not signing. I'm gonna sign. (laughs) Think how like obnoxious that is for a star to (laughs) sign something and and give it to a girl you like. I'm so famous. I'm gonna give you something valuable. Think how cheesy that is. I am really. I bet he put his number on there. I guarantee. Ryan's right. I'm getting the sense it's been three and a half hours into this show. I'm getting the sense that anti-A-Rod Day has completely backfired on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've 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 Much more... like your entire life, Evan, <laughs> yes. it backfired. You've built a, a, a stronger means, case on why he should be celebrated. That's right. All right. He's thank epic. you. Ronnie's in the Bronx. What's up, Ronnie? Uh, how you doing, Kiki, Evan? Thank you for taking my call. Pleasure, dude. Uh, okay, I just want to make an Alonzo point and, and maybe make touch a little on A-Rod. Go ahead. But I, I got to agree 100. I'm a Yankee fan, first of all, but mm-hmm. I got to agree with uh, Evan 100%. I mean, Alonzo, he's the face of the team. Everyone loves him, all the fans, you know, the polar bear. You know, he does his job every day. He should be paid as much as the rest of the uh, great, you know, the the, the other. Uh, Ronnie, let me be a devil's advocate. Baseman. Can't you argue that Francisco Lindor is also that? And he's already paid, though. I know. But I'm just saying. He, the, yeah, but the he wasn't the there team, before. I understand he that. He was there after. I get like you. You pay these guys like you want to pay the other guy, uh, Lash Carrasco. You pay them like uh, you know. Cohen says he loves them like 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 uh, Evan loves them. But this is a guy that you should really wow. love. But like, that's not. But that's not true. I mean, Steve Cohen is a businessman, and I respect that. But I don't know. I don't know if he has that same fan gene that a lot of us have. And maybe meaning, that's a good thing. Cohen, Steve Cohen, yes. And maybe that's a good thing well, because he's not going to make these decisions based on emotion. Right. But I think decisions based on emotion are important sometimes. Yeah. Like it means a lot to Met fans to have the greatest slugger you've ever developed finish his career with your team, and there's a premium on that. Right. That matters. It doesn't mean they can't win if he's gone. No one's saying that. But what I am saying is that it's important he's around. It's important again, that he's am, a Met for the rest of I his career. I am not saying that he's not. What I'm saying is that David Stearns has to evaluate this the way that he wants to. That's what he was hired to do, and he's protecting Steve Cohen let's be honest, from himself. I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do, Tiki. Please. But I made a declaration earlier in the show that until Pete Alonso signs this extension, not only will this beard continue to grow, 
but we don't refer to the team president by that name. You cannot. We refer have to a him special. The man from Milwaukee. I have not met David Stern. That's what we call him. Therefore, I will respect David Stearns until I meet him, and he says, "Teak, you can call me the man from Milwaukee." The man from Milwaukee. You need permission to yes. call him the man from Milwaukee. Yes, I have. He's not going to want. He's not going to give that respect for the vice president, general manager of the New York Mets. <laughs> the man from the Milwaukee Met fan in this room. I have respect for him. Okay, here's why you're calling him the man from Milwaukee. Well, a Rod inspired the man from Milwaukee. A Rod, the guy who you're trying to anti today, <laughs> the guy you're trying to hate. Get him. So you're mocking him right now. You're <laughs> mocking your general manager and vice president, a you guy know? who's had such great success in Milwaukee. Took him two years to get him postseason eligible. Yeah. And here we are having him in New York, and you're going to disrespect I'm him not. within the man from two Milwaukee. months of him being here? I am What's not. What's wrong with you? I, I refuse to partake in your disrespect of such a great man and baseball executive. I like David Stern, uh, the man from the Milwaukee. Man from Milwaukee. <laughs> you can't even help yourself. I just you think, know you're wrong. <laughs> I just think that Alex Rodriguez, this is when I knew anti-A-Rod Day was not going to go the way I planned. <laughs> when initially Something Alex said inspired me to say, I'm going to steal that from you, Alex. The man from Milwaukee. And that is calling David Stearns the man from Milwaukee until Pete Alonso is extended with a mega contract. Or, I give him a caveat, either he extends Pete Alonso or he signs J.D. Martinez to a one-year deal, and I will call him David Stearns. He's still out there as well. Exactly. Let's go to Mike in Darien, Connecticut. You're on the fan, Mike. Hey, uh, thanks for taking the call. Shout out to... Uh, Tiki, I'm a neighbor over in uh, Blue Wave land. Oh, I love it. Uh, so, uh, just quickly, for radio, coming out of bad Tiki and <laughs> arguing about a spring training quote from Strowman is about the worst block of radio I've ever heard on the station. And I've listened. I'm 62 years old, so oh, I've spent a lot of time listening to the fans. I apologize. So, we offended you with that? I mean, <laughs> now, you know what? Bad Tiki is just unfunny. Oh, that's not nice. That's not nice. You know, but anyway. He's an uh, AI that so works what? his ass off, and now you're saying he's unfunny. Yeah. Kiss my fat ass! <laughs> very mean, but we, but we respect your how opinion. About, <laughs> how about this? How about how someone picking up the phone and trying to find out how Randall's doing and when he's coming back as opposed to more bad tiki? Let's find out about wow. mm. you're a real, You're a real Grinch today, Mike. Right. Jeez. Quickly turned on bad that, tiki. That'll be a good spot, by the way. Two minutes of finding out there's no update on Randall. Then yes. what? Yeah, I got news for you. There's no update on Julius. We all have to wait and see. Yes. We all have to wait and pray. But I, I, it's unfortunate that you don't like bad tiki. We'll hear about this in eight days. That's the biggest compliment tiki gets every time he goes out. <laughs> we love bad tiki. Almost as if he has anything to do yeah, with it. Yeah, like I'm bad tiki. I'm not. <laughs> He's got nothing to do with it. It is not Tiki Barber has no involvement in Bad Tiki. So whether you're like Mike who hates Bad Tiki and thinks it's the worst piece of radio he has ever heard, Mm -hmm. or you think it's the most brilliant thing you've ever heard, I can promise you this. That man has nothing to do with it. He developed AI Rod. That's right. I mean, give him credit for that. (laughs) Let's go to Tom in Bergen County. What's up, Tom? Yo, what's up, fellas? What's up, dude? So, um, I do an A-Rod impression. Really? Are you a comedian? Huh. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm primarily a camera guy. <laughs> okay. And so I worked in the business, yeah, and I've been around the ballpark a bunch. Nice. Do you want to you know, do I... the A-Rod imitation for us? Because we'd all love to hear it, I'm sure. <laughs> sure, yeah. All right. So, Maybe uh... it'll be funnier than Bad Tiki, and uh-huh. Mike and Darian will be happy. We have no idea. Go ahead. Well, it's very special to be on with you guys. Uh, truly, in the world of radio, you guys are like champions. Uh, when you talk about sliders and fastballs, you, you want to 
lay off the slider on the outside and really zero in on the fastballs. <laughs> no, I got to give evals. I, evals. Can we get some evals? I, I think he does a great Pesci. <laughs> it sounds like a combination of Trump and Pesci. Is what right, I was yeah. gonna say. Well, I give him credit for going for it. Yeah, I give him credit for the effort. I also give him credit for. I can see something in his imitation that's pretty accurate. The way Alex enunciates words, mm. like certain words, like slider. The way he yes. says sliders. Yes, Alex does do that. So I think the imitation had. You know, it's terrible, but <laughs> yeah. I think that there's a little part of it where you could say, okay, I can see that part. He just needs to change a little wording. He needs to tell people, I do an imitation of A-Rod, not I do a pretty good imitation of A-Rod. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tom's in the Bronx. How are you, Tom? Yeah, Evan. Evan, Tom. Evan you yeah. and Tommy, you got to step it up with your defense of Pete. You're allowing these Yankee fans, BT, Sean, Tiki, to create this false narrative that Pete is some ham bone. All he can do is hit the ball over the fence. Listen to this. 162-game average, mm-hmm. Pete Alonso, 45 home runs, 118 RBIs, yeah. over 162. Yeah. Juan Soto, 33 homers and 100 RBIs, over 162. Aaron Judge, and I am not saying he is Aaron Judge or Juan Soto, 50 home runs, 111 RBIs. Baseball is about production. Yeah. This guy is a monster. He's I, Tom, a monster. Tom. And he stays healthy. Let's not get into it. No, no, no. Oh, he's going to break down. No, the no. The guys that break down are G. Carlos Stanton with all the muscle on top of Tom, muscle. Tom, Tom, Tom. He's Tom, a naturally big, huge slugger. I agree with some of the things you said, but you lose an argument. I'm telling you right now. You lose an argument when you try to fight Pete Alonso versus Juan Soto. So don't do it. Mm. Don't do it because you don't have to. You don't have to make that fight. You don't have to try to say Pete Alonso's better than a player he's not because it doesn't do any good. So I don't think you need to start that fight because you think Yankee fans are attacking Pete. What you have to simply say, and I think it's very, very easy, is that Pete Alonso is one of the most reliable baseball players in the sport today. Maybe the most reliable slugger in the sport today. Well, he is the most reliable slugger in the game, no right. doubt. He's one of the most reliable players in baseball. And that doesn't mean he's the best because he's not. I'm not going to sit here and argue something that's not true. But I'm going to tell you that his track record since he was called up in 2019, he plays all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time. And while he has his deficiencies, he's a rock-solid slugger. And those are tough to replace. So I don't need to fight stuff that's not true. I just need to give out the facts and then you realize it. What's the breaking news? Rob Manfred has declared that this tenure as his Major League Baseball commissioner will end in early 2029. This will be the last contract he has a commissioner. What a tease! What a tease! You tell me Rob Manfred's leaving, and I'm like, my heart is exploding, and then you answer with 2029? He's doing five more seasons, and he's out. This is the break. Pass in, everybody. This is it. But it's 2024. I know. That means I got got another term of Okay. Is that just when his contract is? Yes. He said this is going to be his last contract with Major League Baseball's commissioner. So I'm just going to tell you. So he didn't say he's resigning. He just said this is my last contract. This is going to be my last contract. I'm out. Now, I'm just going to remind you how the breaking news thing works. I can't break this news five years from now because everybody will have known about it because it just broke. Might be old by then. Yeah. I get that, but understand... I'm not blaming you. Like, I wasn't attacking you. I'm a, I'm a being like a, you're attacking. Felt like a, you were right attacking. He's, well, on, he's on edge because he knows anti-A-Rod day back. No, 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 no. You told us something. You told way, me something. more anti-A-Rod? Yeah, I got like six more things. Okay, just make it sure. We'll get back to it in a second. <laughs> I'm working Lugie to a bone today. You kidding me? <laughs> yeah, and I've him. heard all about it. All yeah. I get is a stupid t-shirt tomorrow to wear about A-Rod. <laughs> well, listen, you're doing your job very well today, and I appreciate okay. that. Thank you, Lugie. You said Rob Manfred is leaving, dot, 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 
In five years. <laughs> Do I need to teach you about radio? No, no. I've this longer than me. I know, but like, I, I had this moment of ding dong. Okay, but what would it have done? Like, if he was leaving after this year, what would what would you have? What would you have been excited First about? First of all, Sean would be excited because he'd have a chance to take my seat. I'd be applying for the freaking job. <laughs> I'd be Excuse campaigning. Me? Yeah. I'd be campaigning. That's the all one right. job I would take that would get me to leave radio until I'm fired, of course, because then I have no choice. It would be to leave and become the commissioner of baseball and save my favorite sport. That's what I would have done. You but I got to wait till 2029? I thought you'd be so excited. I couldn't wait to hit the breaking glass there. Because it's, fi- it's five Because it's five years from now. It's not, not fast enough. enough. So what? He's out. That's yeah, it. Five years from Okay, now. so five years, he's gone. That's a good positive right. day for baseball. Can we get political for a second? Everybody's going to be offended. Everyone's well, can't gonna... we wait till the fall? No, yeah. I'm going to do it right now. Everybody's going to get so offended. I want, I want to make this very simple to you. So everybody out there, oh, no, what happens if Trump wins? Oh, no, what yeah. happens if Biden wins? Well, guess what? They're gone after January of 2029, right? Who in their right mind after Election Day is going to say, I got great news. I got great news. The guy I didn't want to have elected is gone in four years. That's apples and oranges. No, no one's going to say that. So that's my comparison. So for everyone out there who's got your little political opinions, think of the person. Most people don't want any of them to win. Mm -hmm. But I don't want this person to win. I don't want that person to win. Right after they win, just tell yourself, hey, they're gone in 2029, no, no, which is exactly no. when Rob Manfred is leaving. No, no, no. I think you're missing what Sean is saying. Yeah. What Sean is saying is that this is news now. Right. In five years, it will not be news. Right. It'll because just be... everyone will have already known. And we'll probably have the guy lined up by then. Yes. This is news, and I also delayed it a little bit for you. And also why it's apples and oranges is we will be also frustrated at the recent you know, elected person. Manfred's been the commissioner forever. This is a news today where we could go, oh, I see the finish line now for him, the guy who called yeah. the trophy a piece of metal. All right, so the finish line for that commissioner is when the results of this upcoming elections guy's term runs out. Yeah, but you know what? Good Alonzo know. will still be a Met based on your extension. Yeah, we'll so. see. Let's get you another controversial A-Rod moment. We take you back to October 7th, 2006. We all got the shocking news right before game four of the American League Divisional Series that Alex Rodriguez was no longer hitting cleanup. Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod, becomes 8-Rod in this game. Joe Torre dropping him down to the 8th spot in the batting order. A-Rod hasn't hit in that spot since he was 20 years old. What'd you think of that as a Yankee fan, Sean? Mm. Two, there were two things that struck me with that. Number one, I gave Torre credit. Because, hey, that, that stones, you're not just, you know, having it. It's what we want to happen with Stanton now, right? Don't just give him that. Here's the other thing. A-Rod really did take that like a champ. He really did. He didn't, he could have way more publicly He went over for three mm. in that game. I'm talking about commenting-wise. Yeah. He didn't tear the team down and go, this is ridiculous. That is a big ego hit, and he stepped up like a true leader and took it like a man. <laughs> a hero. <laughs> you, right? you co-signed on that one, Tiki? I mean... <laughs> I really don't have an opinion on that one. All right. It's not an anti-A-Rod thing. No. He, he just moved he was, down to eighth. Right. He was struggling. He got moved down yeah. to eighth, and he didn't complain about By it. The, that's what should happen. The other moment, which was very similar, occurred six years later, almost to the day, October 10th, 2012. Alec, and I was in the building for this. And I I'll was, let you know how I, I felt too. on this one. Alex Rodriguez was due up, down a run in the ninth inning with one out and nobody on. And instead, Joe Girardi said, hey, Alex, get over here. You're not hitting. 
Instead, we got Raul Abanez. Alex Rodriguez is due. He will not back. Raul Abanez will pinch hit for Rodriguez here in the ninth. Now, what's incredible is that two pitches later, Raul Abanez hit a game-tying home run. <laughs> and then a few innings so, later, hit the game-winning home all right, run. All right, so it's a great call. Again, he didn't bitch about it. No. No. That, right, what's wrong with this? That was... Why are these anti-A-Rod it, moments? I'm con- not understanding. He's controversy. A good, he's con- a good teammate. Controversy. It's not a controversy. Him getting sat down from did it pinch hit for Nah, him? pinch hitting was a big controversy to the point where when I was in the building that did night... Did he comment on it? He said all the right things. That's exactly why it's a positive A-Rod right. moment. But to Evan's point, he's going to say it. I was in a stance, too. That was the most stunned I've ever been as a sports fan. I have never heard in my life, and, and I'll tell you, the reason I went to that game was because I was living in Long Island City at the time. And I was my dad was hanging out with me. He lived in the same building, you know, for part of the year, tax purposes. Well, not mm-hmm. tax purposes. He's an accountant, right? <laughs> so he needed to be close to his clients, not tax right. purposes, yeah. like he's doing tax something working. Tax Te- working. Technically, right. they were tax purposes. Yeah, yeah they were tax saying. purposes. And I looked at him. I said about an hour before the game, "Do you want to go to Game Three of the ALDS?" And he said, "Sure, but why?" I said, "Because right now we could sit upper deck, first row for twenty five dollars." Wow. The tickets were dirt cheap. I'm not sure why. Maybe that 2012 team just wasn't loved or believed in or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And so I went, and the buzz in that ballpark when they sent Ralabanez up was some of the greatest pinch hit buzz I've ever seen in my life. You felt the same thing, right, Sean? In a good way or, yeah, or a shocked way. I, shocked way. Shocked I, way. As soon as you saw Banyas poke his head out of the dugout, I stood up and literally yelled, holy bleep, at the top of my lungs. And everybody was just this supercharged. It was almost like the season was reborn in one split second. Yeah. And the payoff is not only does he tie the game, but Banyas wins the game with another Stunning. homer. Stunning. It was two pitches later. Like, first pitch was like a ball. And the second pitch he smoked that you knew right off the bat was getting out. And I remember just being like, this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Because that building was dead all night long. Until yeah. Raul Labanez came up to pinch it for Alex Rodriguez. But, but people forget it was two home runs, not just one. Right. The game-tying home run, and then the game-winning home run. Incredible. Evan and Tiki here on the fan. Garrett Cole is at spring training, obviously. Pitchers and catchers are reporting. And he gave, I thought, a really direct answer on some of the issues that the Yankees had last year. Like, there's two parts to this. Number one, he's asked, hey, you guys went 82 and 80. Like, what do you blame most for why that happened? And here's Garrett's answer to that. Yeah, certainly there was certainly there was injuries that are that are outside of the normal realm of injuries that 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 impacted us. You know, with that said, we get injured too much as a group. Like, we need to improve. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So basically, I mean, we're not healthy enough, and we got to get better at right. it. Right. Outside the realm of how injuries normally occur, he's obviously talking about Aaron Judge running to the wall, at least the base of the wall out in San Francisco, and missing some extended amount of time. But then he quickly reverts to all the soft tissue stuff that we were talking about earlier. I think it's interesting when you think about how athletes prepare in off-seasons, because I don't know what baseball players do. It's a, it's a different kind of grind than what football requires. Like in football, if you don't spend your off-season – getting like bulking up and building like layers and and strengthening all your joints and muscles and etc you're not going to make it through a season you, you just can't it's too much there's too much wear and tear and beating on your body but i've always thought that like the best athletes are the ones that are the vainest you know what i mean vainest vainest like they want to look great mm. like they're obsessed with how their body functions they're obsessed with like for instance hamstring and quadricep balance and and you can tell when someone is that way cuz they look it 
right? You see these like bulging hamstrings and their quads are thick. Their asses, you know, it's lifted. It's strong. Like you, you feel like you can see it. You're and obsessed that, with asses, aren't of you? Of course I am. Build that that's ass where all first. Your power comes from. Like if you don't have a big, like it, that's where football is is and baseball really. Golf, everything. Yeah. It's all around your core. That's why I was a miserable uh, athlete. <laughs> you can't no generate ass. power unless you do that. The I was push. my brother the other day because the, uh, the combine's coming up. We were talking about it the other day. I was like, you know what I would change about the combine? Forget like the 225 bench press. Who cares how much you can, how many times you can bench press 225? I want to see you power clean. I want to see how much weight you can put on a bar from the ground and jerk it to your chest. That That's power because mm. it requires every bit of your body right. to do it. Right, some upper body strong guys, yeah, they, maybe they could like muscle it a little bit, but they're not going to really get power. Like one of the things that I saw Saquon when he when he hand clinged or or he power clean like three twenty or something. I was like, dude, this kid is special. Like he just has power. So, like you have to be vain to be that way. Right. You can't just be like, ah, eh, my body, I'll be fine. Yeah, I don't care what I, I look like. Ah, I got a dad bod. Okay, like. You gotta work it. Well, I've always assumed and I think that's what he's getting at. Well, I've always assumed like the Yankees had a lot of injuries last year, and there are just certain years where teams get bad luck. They just have a lot of injuries. The Knicks like have had a lot of injuries over the right. last couple of weeks. Um, the Yankees a had a lot of bad luck. Like the, the right, you know, forget Aaron uh, Aaron um, Judge. Judge, but Rizzo. Like that's just dumb luck. That is horrible luck. Like that's one of those injuries because we saw it with Tatis Jr. Where yeah. it's like there's nothing you could do about it. Now Cole had a follow up question to well explain more about we got to be better at it in these injuries, and this is where I thought he was very pointed about some mm. of his teammates. Well, I mean, I think that I think that by and large, like y- you need to prepare in the off season. Well, I mean, this isn't this isn't how it used to be. You know, even even ten. 10 years ago or so when I started where, you know, guys kind of would come into spring training and use spring training as a, as a ramp up. And there's just a higher level of intensity much sooner. And so that forces the demand on the player to be, to build the tank up, to build the capacity and the tolerance up in the off season. I mean, that's going to be your number one. That's going to be your number one goal. So he's basically saying we got guys that haven't worked hard enough during the offseason. That's how I take it. That's what it sounded like. Which is, to your point, guys need to be more vain. Now, I also then jump to, well, who is he talking about? Because Aaron Judge didn't get hurt because he doesn't work in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Anthony Rizzo didn't get hurt because he doesn't work in the offseason. No. But maybe Carlos Radon did. Right. And maybe Nestor Cortez did. And I lean towards those two guys, not because I want to pick on them. I lean on them because... A, they're starting pitchers, so Garrett Cole is mm-hmm. you know around them. Yeah, that's he, his, that's his world. That's his world. He also knows what it takes, and also like one of the big critiques of Radon, fair or not, and most of the time it's unfair. But then when a guy can't stay healthy, you say, well, maybe it's fair. Is that you looked at him and said, is he in the greatest shape in the world? Mm-hmm. And guys like me, I admit, I would defend him by saying, well, look at David Wells. Yeah, because that's what I would always but do. That I'd say a, that was a different era of baseball, right? Yeah, I, I, I guess you're right, and I guess Garrett Cole's right. So. That was a very critical look at his teammates yeah, in saying they got to do a better job. And with Radon, he looks a lot better coming say, into camp. He looks fantastic. So right it now. looks like he may have heard that advice from Garrett a while ago. Or this could be Garrett kind of explaining what he told his peers. Yes. His team. Right? He can say it publicly, and some people will look at it and say, oh, he's calling guys out. But he's only calling guys out if he didn't have this exact conversation with them. Right. So it sounds like maybe he did. And it's been a theme if you follow the offseason, right? Cortez looks in better shape. Nestor Cortez. He looked the thinnest at the beginning. He ended up getting hurt throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And 
We've seen the Giancarlo body transformation right. here where he was almost too in shape as to why he was getting hurt. Now he looks like he was more cardio based this offseason. So this is one big best shape of our life promo for yeah. the New York Yankees. By the way, I just need a couple of you to stay in shape, all right? Let's nah, go. Listen, man, I, <laughs> injuries are so frustrating as fans. Obviously, they're frustrating for the players, too, because I think, and I've said this before, you want to get mad. You want to blame somebody. We talked about mm-hmm. this with Tom Thibodeau in the Knicks, and sometimes there's no one you can get mad at. Like, injuries just happen. And I think in the Knicks case, we've been very specific about which injuries are just bad luck and it just happens, and which injuries you look at and say, wait a second, I think there's a cause for that. You know, we certainly made a big deal about Dante DiVincenzo mm-hmm. and his allotment of minutes and how it's exploded over the last few weeks. Now, maybe that led to a soft tissue injury like a hamstring issue. Oh, Gianna Nolby didn't get hurt because of that. No, he was already hurt. Just because, like, Aaron, Aaron Judge, same thing. Like, he didn't get hurt because he didn't put the work in. He got hurt because Dodger Stadium is from the Stone Age. <laughs> and he ran into a fence. So I think you Making need a, a great play. Making an like, amazing play. Right, not like, oh, I just uh, just missed it. No, he made the play. Right, which we forget. <laughs> so the Yankees need a little bit of luck, but maybe... Along with that luck, they come to camp a little bit more prepared. At least that's all you can hope for. But I give Garrett Cole a lot of credit because sometimes when he talks, he comes across very, very awkward. Mm -hmm. And as an awkward man myself, I know what that sounds like, and I know what that feels like. And Garrett Cole has now been a New York Yankee, let's see, 20, 21, 22, 23. This is his fifth year here. It's just a long time. It is, it is. He now feels like a leader. He he, feels like the man, or at least one of the man. I think the... thing about Garrett Cole is it he feels incapable of lying you know what I mean like it feels like you think, <laughs> think about like when you hear him talk right he's thinking about what he's saying but he's not trying to f with you he's not trying to send you down a, a path that like he, if you ask him a question he's going to answer that specific question because yeah. you know the the rule in media is answer the question you want to answer not the one that they ask you it's he answers the question that he's asked. Yeah, the only question he had a very tough time answering is when he was asked about spider tack. That right, always tripped exactly. him up a little bit. Of course it did, because he knew he was cheating, just like everybody else was. I don't right? like the word cheating. It okay, cheating. whatever. You're trying to gain an advantage there you go. or whatever. Yeah. You're not cheating, you're not trying. There's certain things that are cheating, there's certain things that are like, eh, is that really cheating? Yeah, well, I'm just trying to protect the batter from not getting hit in the head by a 99 mile an hour fastball that he loses control of because it's a little bit slick or a little bit cold outside and it doesn't have the the texture that it's supposed to have. All right, I get it. But whatever it is, I when I listen to Garrett Cole, I trust everything that comes out of his mouth. It's not like he's trying to talk around you. It's not like he's trying to confuse you, not trying to be too smart or too He cute. is. He just says exactly what he thinks. He's the awkward, honest guy. Yes. He's just going to tell you what the hell's right. on his and mind. By the way, there's something to that. There's something like like there's there's leadership in that. Right. Because Oh, that showed a lot of leadership, yeah. I, I think you, you can't BS people. No. Because they'll see through it. He's telling it like it is right now. Keith is in Branchburg, New Jersey. Good afternoon, Keith. Hey, what's going on, boys? How we doing? What's up? Good, what's up? I got two things I want to bring up. Uh, one is nobody's talking about Evan's Super Bowl commercial. What was my what Super, was Bowl Super Bowl commercial? Did I miss it? Yeah, the Geico Caveman commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you like my nice. acting? That nice. I do. That's great. I thought you guys liked that. Oh, that was awesome. uh, no, second, um, the pitch clock. Do you guys think that that's messing with Nestor Cortez's delivery because oh, he's all quirky and whatnot. And last year was the first year and the ball's got to be pitched at a certain time. And you know, some of those times, like he'll lift his leg and sit there for 
five seconds. Well, I got good news. Here's the the actual truth. I'll answer that two ways. With what you're describing, no, because as soon as you go into your motion, the clock stops. Doesn't matter. So he can herky jerk yeah. it all around as much as he wants. Once he's in that motion of pitch, it doesn't matter. He can't get a violation for it. But you do ask a question, maybe not that way, that was possibly a factor for others, which is did the pitch clock affect some pitchers? Like well, for some pitchers, especially the ones, and this is where it relates to Garrett Cole, who aren't in the best shape, yeah. who are not used to huffing and puffing it's and laboring. throwing a baseball every 15 seconds yeah, as laboring. opposed to waiting as much time as they could. I remember Carlos Carrasco almost admitted that as an older pitcher for the Mets, that it was getting him. He was not used yeah. to throwing the baseball as quickly as he was forced to under the clock. And work. Scherzer tried to tried to manipulate it. Like, he tried to work it. I remember the spring training games that he would throw. Yeah. And he was, like, he was just standing there, just waiting. Like, yeah. he'd get the ball back and just stand and wait. And as soon as you stepped into the box, the ball was coming. Yeah, I think or that. Or sometimes he would do the other thing. He would stand there and wait. Right. When you get in the box, he would wait. He was trying to game the system a yes. little bit, which is fine. But now I think going into 2024, it's done. Like, there we is. all have a pitch clock. We had it for an entire season. If it negatively affected a pitcher, you got to adjust. Figure it's just it out. the way the world is. Figure it out. You got to no, adjust. Nobody's going to take it as an take your excuse that the pitch clock is messing you up. Right. It's very similar to the spider tack thing. Like mm-hmm. Garrett Cole and every other pitcher had to realize, okay, they're enforcing this. I can't use the same sticky substance I used to use, and now I got to adjust. And was there a period of time where you struggled with it? Sure. But now it's been how many years? You just got to deal with it. And as we begin year two of this pitch clock era, get over it. I mean, it's just it is what it is. It's the new rules. I thought they were awesome last year. They moved the game along at a pace it should be at. But, no, I don't think it affected Nestor Cortez specifically because, luckily, once you get in that little herky-jerky motion, clock goes to zero and you're good to go. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.